0: He's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider.
2: The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Got my mojo
0: working. Got my mojo wiggies.
1: Got my mojo
0: working. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker. And we just watched a movie called The Guest. We are... Two out of, I think, maybe 400 people who have ever seen this movie. I think it's like one of those tapes that like Jerry Lewis kept in his vault, you know that no <laughs> one was ever allowed to see, except that one was about a clown at the Holocaust. <laughs> this one is marginally better, and it stars Dan Brown, uh, sorry Dan Stevens at a house as a military guy, and he comes by and strange things start happening it is the way it's described uh, on, at least on IMDB. I don't know that I would describe it that way. Anyway, it's directed by someone I've never heard of, which is probably because it was actually John Carpenter operating under a (laughs) pseudonym. It must have been, right? I mean,
3: if someone like me, who does nothing but watch John Carpenter movies and listen to John
0: Carpenter scores was to make a movie, it would look and sound exactly like this. Okay, so let's before we talk about the movie, let's talk about what we've seen recently. Parker, what have you watched recently that's worth talking about?
3: I've actually watched a very sizable amount of movies that are worth talking about instead of the usual garbage. Oh, me too. So I watched a movie called Bright. I'm sorry. I watched a movie called The Disaster Artist that you might have heard of.
0: (sighs) Man, I haven't got to see it yet. It's not playing anywhere near me. The biggest
3: compliment I can give it is, out of all of James Franco's movies, this and him in Spring Breakers. Those are the only two performances where I don't spend the entire movie just seeing him as James Franco. I completely forget it's him throughout the Disaster Artist. Now, that is, is really very hard difficult to always do. That smile. He's so fucking good. I, like, honestly, I wasn't expecting to feel as much as I did in this movie. I was not expecting it at all.
0: Looks like it was made
3: with a lot of love. As a content creator myself, comma, I really appreciated Tommy's struggle. And also, like, every funny person in the world shows up for a scene or two.
0: That's good. I mean, it's it's better than if Adam Sandler had made this movie. Oh, Jesus. Don't put this evil on me. I'm sorry. Uh, what else do you see?
3: Well, not really worth talking about, but I'm still going to say it anyways. Chris, I finally sat down and watched an adaptation called The Dark Tower. <laughs> Have you to ever my read my the book? Surprise, no, I've no? not read the seven books. <laughs> but to my surprise, it was completely watchable. It really? is fine. Huh. Like, if it were to pop up on HBO... You would not regret spending... I think it's only like an hour and a half. It's nice and breezy. Like, it is... We spent, like, the entire summer making fun of it. And it is absolutely, like, three stars. I think I gave it fine.
0: Oh, It is a movie. I almost feel bad making fun of it, then. I don't. That shows me. Next time I'll just... (laughs) That's a good point. But it's not quite on the level of, like, It, right?
3: No, absolutely not. Speaking of also not on the level of It, I (laughs) watched Leatherface. Oh, you finally watched it. I assumed you had been watching it once a week for now. You know what? I really wanted it ingrained in my DNA. I wanted to be a real Leatherface fanatic before I brought it to the show, Chris. Now, it's weird because it's pretty bad. Like, the best you can give it is, like, maybe a thumbs in the middle, because I was doing something else while watching it. Like, there were parts that were fine. Pretty bad, and yet still easily in the top half of that franchise. So, what Probably. can you do? Well, I t- watch a better franchise for one, Chris. You and I both know <laughs> that the <laughs> deals I've made do
0: not allow me to do that. <laughs> the
3: mortal plane I live on. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sorry. Uh, do you have anything else you watch, or do you want me to get into
3: it? Uh, let's see. Lego Ninjago movie is a movie. It's you fine. watched it's that. A, I mean, was it good? Some, there's give and takes. It's yeah. fine. Like I. I didn't feel like I wasted my afternoon with it, but once again but, yeah, I was but, playing know, like, video no, games no, 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 while no, no. my lady, you don't my get lady to, friend like, was make
0: fun it. of me for watching children's cartoons when you watch a Lego Ninjago movie.
3: I mean, it's more my lady friend watched it, and I happen to be on the couch next to her playing Xbox. Uh huh. Look, Jackie Chan's in it, so I don't <laughs> oh, have to explain mind. shit all to right, you. Yeah, first well, of all,
0: that that changes everything. The Did you want any I troubles? troubles? <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't want no trouble. <laughs> yeah, Chris Tucker didn't show up, unfortunately. Oh. It really hurt my rating of it. Yeah, that would do it. So, other than the guest, last night I also watched Ingrid Goes West finally. And, man, you want to talk about a movie that actually uses Aubrey Plaza right? Unlike everything <clears> else she's <throat> been in since Parks oh. and Rec.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. Go on. Oh. Talk about the fight? Oh, talk about about it. Fi- oh, yeah. Talk about I it. Forgot. Talk you about
3: stupid it. Stupid piece of shit. <laughs> she voiced that goddamn cat.
2: Oh, my God. That is this,
0: that's the one out. project where I just lost all respect for her as a human being. She compared oh. it to Mystery Science Theater 3000, Parker. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, You're never going to let that go, are you? No,
0: I shall never
3: let that go. Do you know anything about what Ingrid Goes West is about?
0: No, don't care.
3: Oh, too bad, I'm I telling you. I watched a
0: movie, but... Sorry. <laughs>
3: Basically she's playing this completely broken, like sociopathic person who becomes obsessed with someone on on Instagram and starts following her around and copying her life and completely lying about her identity. And it's a nice R rated her being a real vile piece of shit. Just wonderful. It's what you want out of her. Got sure. Kurt Russell's beautiful son. You got the Asian lady who played Mantis and Guardians too. You got Elizabeth Olsen.
0: It's all you need. That's all you oh. need for a good movie. So we could call it the talented, the talentless Mrs. Ripley. Anyway, How
1: sorry. Dare you? <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the rudest things I've ever said. Also, one of the funniest. Just
3: yet. because I mentioned the disaster artist, and you're remembering that quote. Get out of my face.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I I still need to see it. I was going to. Okay, so I'll get in the movies I saw, or more importantly, the one I didn't see. I was going to see The Shape of Water tonight. Turns out there is a theater I checked, two miles away, less than two what miles away from my fuck? house. And I couldn't go because the roads are so icy in my neighborhood. I can't even park on my street anymore. I left my car in a shopping center. I'm praying right now that it doesn't get towed. So it is terrible out. There's so much black ice I could barely pull out of my road. So I'm, um, for one thing, very upset about that. Not in a good mood right now. But uh, the good news is that I was able to watch The Guest, which is, you know, what we're going to do anyway. I also watched a movie that I got for Christmas from my dad. It's called Dreams with Sharp Teeth. And, yeah, it's a Harlan Ellison movie. Um, More importantly, (laughs) Harlan Ellison would like to call it the Harlan Ellison movie because the other one was one that he wrote. It's called The Oscar. It did not win any Oscars and, in fact, appears on many lists of the top 100 worst movies of all time. And is in fact, yes, that bad. But Dreams of Sharp <laughs> Teeth is more like a documentary about Harlan Ellison, why he is the way that he is. And speaking as a Harlan Ellison nut job like me, it, it contains footage that you won't see anywhere else. And if you download this DVD illegally, he will like saw your arms off. So the only way to actually watch it is to actually buy it. And this movie's worth it. It's really cool, it's really interesting, and it just shows you what his life was like and how he got to where he is and how good of a writer he is. <sighs> Anyway, I also watched last night Ice Station Zebra. Boy, that movie is like, it's from 1968, so already you're checked out. It's got Rock Hudson oh, and Patrick oh McGoohan, Jim Brown, football player, and so tired. Ernest Borgnine. And it's so boring. It is <laughs> seriously, for once, I was betrayed by a classic movie. It's two and a half stinking hours long. Nope. It, now, I have to ask. Why? There's an overture. There's an intermission and on track and like the closing credit theme music keeps going on. It, it is not worth it at all. The movie does not deserve any of this. Somewhere in this movie, there is a good 100-minute movie, but it's not the one I saw. I had no idea what was going on. I, I, I just straight up could not understand. The third act was just so dumb. What a dumb ending. It was a waste of time. I kept, like, the description of it's really cool. Like, these military guys go on a submarine to go to, like, the North Pole. And they have to, like, break into it. And the Russians are coming for them too. And there's, like, a secret weapon and all this stuff. I'm like, hell yeah, strap in. It's like Metal Gear Solid. No, it's not at all like Metal Gear Solid. It's like Metal Gear Acid. Oh, god damn emphasis on the ass that's cold so the other two movies I watch I watch with our good friend Alex the one we actually like uh, the first one we watched is Dark Star which is directed by John Carpenter and we talked about it on our own sorry honey and it'll come at the end of this podcast that's fine yeah. that's fine she makes you happy that's fine <laughs> You
2: know, I
1: just,
3: I just, I hope you're happy with her. That's fine. No, I'm doing fine, too. You know, I'm doing great. I got a lot of opportunities. Yeah, well. I'm doing great. Okay. Anyway. just um, gonna unbox this Green Goblin Funko Pop here and just, you know. Uh, I'm gonna do
0: me for a while. I'm gonna do me. You have fun, though. Anyway, one thing I have to mention about Dark Star is we talked about for a good 25 minutes, and well, one thing we didn't mention that we didn't even know at the time was that was John Carpenter's senior project for wherever he went to school in California. And we kind of went a little bit harder on it than maybe we would have if we had known that it was just like a student project. Because uh, the alien looks like a beach ball. In fact, probably is a beach ball. <laughs> and it's not as funny as it should have been or as cool as it should have been. But it's it's all right. It's, it's pretty good. So we'll keep that one. The other one we watched was I, Tonya. And you betray me. I fed up with this world because you decided to watch *Ingrid Goes West* and Aubrey Plaza (coughs) instead of going out and watching *I in theaters, which everyone should do because that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It is a story of abuse, and oh, awesome! Yeah, I know it is. You
3: came in so high, like guys, it's gonna be great. You should see it. It's about abuse.
0: Yeah, it. It's not just about abuse. It's but the thing is, there's. There are more scenes of people getting slapped around than there is ice skating, and I do not think I'm exaggerating. Keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, so it, honestly, it is a very interesting watch, and the, I think it's more like the first half is kind of like, oh, jeez, what a rough life she lived. The second half is, like, a farcical comedy. It's just so funny, and there, oh my god, that her bodyguard, Sean, cracks me up, and Alex will kill me if I don't mention this, but the, her mother's bird is one of the best parts of the movie, uh, but... Uh, For me, I got to tell you, the one reason that everyone should watch it, and you in particular, Parker, is because of the climax. And the climax is, I think we all know, uh, what everyone calls the incident. The one where (laughs) a hired thug uh, swats a baton at the back of Nancy Kerrigan's knees. And, I mean, that was national news for, or international news, for months after it happened. It was like a big deal and everything. And uh, then people found it was connected with Tony Harding, etc. But to film the actual sequence is so fascinating because they do it not from Nancy Kerrigan's perspective and obviously not from Jeff Gillooly or Tanya Harding's perspective because they were both asleep at the time. That's a fact. They film it from the hitman's perspective. And when you think about hitman, sorry, hitmen in movies are the, you know, cold calculating guy who's only focused on the job. What if you get a guy who's a complete amateur? and that's what makes it so interesting is that they get this guy who's very nervous and clearly doesn't know what he's doing and it's you you start to not necessarily pity him but you're like kind of and again not on his side but you're kind of like nervous for him you're like oh my god what, what's going to happen what's he going to do how's he going to get out of this and i will say the resolution to that scene is the most unexpected and hilarious thing i've ever seen so you gotta see it at least for the climax because that's just incredible and it'll also change your perspective on tanya harding
3: and, and we'll have that watched by next week yeah like I'm
0: promise. I'm I'm very happy and I'm
3: I'm going to try to see uh, then I'll record a podcast with someone else too and we'll talk about it and we'll laugh we'll have a great time we'll have a great fucking time Chris yeah how about what, what else like your,
0: how about like your podcast with Cam how about like your podcast about wrestling how about your podcast about Funko Pops and G Gundam
3: check out the new episode of Full Spectrum Warriors coming to you <laughs>
0: soon we'll leave that in there <laughs> all right Oh. Uh, uh, so we did inv- oh, wait, we have to, a new segment. You have a new segment for me? Well, this is I figured I'd keep you
3: updated on the ever involving attempt to make DC make good movies. No. Oh. have got a new DC movies president. Oh. A man named Walter Hamada who's who came from New Line, who's done some things you might have heard of, namely the It and Conjuring series. So basically Everything I make you watch is always just bleeding over. Everything comes back to DC being garbage. Well, it's a good thing that, you know, you have what you love. (laughs) You know who I love? I love Aquaman and Cyborg
0: and Birdman
3: and the Green Lanterns.
1: And Raven and Starfire
0: (laughs) and Beast Boy. Oh, man. Look, you can keep this up.
3: There's gonna be a Teen Titans Go movie in theaters this this summer. No So if you wanna play no, this game, if no, you wanna play Hardball, no, no. I will buy you a movie. <laughs> no, <subscription>. no.
0: Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. So let's uh I guess that's the only news that we have outside the fact that the Golden Globes happened. Who gives a fuck? I and wonder, uh mind
3: you that you will never ever escape DC. They'll just keep hiring people. Oh
0: just, none of their movies are any good though.
3: Alright, we finally made Justice League. Now what? How about a new president? <laughs> Everything's going great. By the way, like 13 people camped out of DC offices to demand Zack Snyder's original cut.
1: Of oh, Justice I League? I just wanted you to know that too.
3: Yes. A thing that doesn't exist and couldn't exist without
0: millions <coughs> of dollars. <laughs> is this like when Barstool camped outside of Roger Goodell's office to demand that Brady be freed? Yes. What I'm saying <laughs> is fandom was a mistake. Oh boy. Well, speaking of fandom, one of the movies that you're a fan of is The Guest. And when I mentioned earlier that we were one of only a few people to have seen it, I don't think I'm very far off. This has approximately 2,000 checks on the movie that I use, uh, or on the movie website that I use, iCheckMovies.com. I don't know how many people have seen it according to Letterboxd, but you know the most depressing number that I've ever seen? Not your T-levels. It's actually, (laughs) I went to IMDb to look at the budget for this movie. The the movie was a $5 million budget, and it it looks about like a $5 million movie. Do you know what the total gross was?
3: Oh, God, it's going to be under a million, isn't
0: it? Oh, it's well under a million. In fact, maybe I should pull it up right now, just to uh, check about this. Because it was so good, and I was just like, why have I never heard of this outside of you and Alex being like, oh, yeah, Chris, you should definitely watch this. Parker... This made $322,600. Christ. It's not fair. I, I don't get it. This, this is a really good movie.
3: One might say it's a fantastic movie. I'm me. I would say that. I one might say
0: it's it. one of the best thrillers yeah. ever made. Honestly, I think it's it is. It's so fucking good. It's so, so goddamn good.
3: And no one has seen it. And anytime I ask someone about it, they're like, the guest, the guest what? Like, are you are you not finishing the sentence? And then I have to take them to my house and make them watch it. Kind of like in Manhunter. <laughs> but with Do a happier see? ending. Look at Dan Stevens' happy trail. Do you see? <laughs>
0: oh, now, see. I'm, I'm going to tell everyone right now, uh, we're probably going to give a couple of spoilers in here, right? I don't know that we have to, but we probably... Should we give, like, a spoiler? When you think we're going to talk about spoilers?
3: It eh, couldn't hurt. Yeah, okay, guys. I'll try not to, considering no one in the world has seen it, yeah. and you all should.
0: We're going to try not to spoil this one, but... You should watch this movie. All right, you really should watch this movie. Now, uh, actually, no. I think about it. I, I will spoil this. All right, so spoiler warning now. Uh, all of you go watch it. The less you know, the better. Mm-hmm. Skip to the end of this podcast if you want to hear me and and Alex talk about two different movies. And uh, I wasn't able to do a, an impression of Parker, but you know, have him as like a little. He was he was just imagine he was like staring at us, mouth agape, a, a, a boy and a girl together.
3: Their gentle sobbing. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> what did these days? You guys want any free...
0: more popcorn or no, you're good? Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to the kitchen for a bit. <laughs> what do these days just bring your lady friend onto the podcast and you could like get back at me for it? Oh, she wants no part of that. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. We tried
3: this game, friend. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nor should she. That's hey, a... do you want to just invite
0: the nightmare of the internet into your life? No? Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So uh According to the all IMDB and according to the movie that I just watched Dan Stevens plays a military vet who comes home from the war to uh, Craig or Caleb's house Caleb uh, something or other Caleb Peterson, I guess and uh, Comes home from like Afghanistan and these talking with a mother and Caleb died and uh, You know this guy is a uh, know looking after him and and david's like hey you know i just want to say your son loved you he wants me to like look after you guys for maybe a couple days and the family's like okay i guess you can stay around but the family has a couple troubles you know uh the daughter has uh, a boyfriend who's not great and the father has a job that's not great and the boy is getting the shit beat out of him at school which is not great David takes this all the wrong way and decides to lend a helping hand, but he doesn't do it in the same way that, like, I don't know, Jimmy Stewart might have, or, or <laughs> one of those classic actors. He decides to... uh kill the boss at the father's work he decides to beat the ever-loving shit out of those boys which by the way that was a scene that really hooked me the best scene yeah it comes so early and you're like oh it's this kind of movie okay i'm in i was like all right this is not just roadhouse and uh -hmm. then there's it's essentially the club scene where they go to the party and get that blaring music over and over again he sleeps with a girl (laughs) i know you closed your eyes and uh he he gets uh was it Kristen's boyfriend in? Tr- or was it Anna? No, Anna. Anna. He gets Anna's boyfriend in trouble with the police because he sells dope. I uh, <laughs> think a little bit uh, over the top here. And one of the things that the movie does does not do, and I'm very happy that it does not do it, is it does not give a whole lot of background on David's past. I uh, if it did give me too much background, I might have been like, oh, that's that's too much. I, it's nicer just not knowing, right? Oh yeah, did you read any of the trivia
3: about it at all? Did, yeah. Yeah, I'm completely on his side. Oh, yeah. He was so happy to cut it all out. Yeah, exactly. What, like, what, a road, what answer is going to be better than the mystery behind it? I mean, think of all the great horror villains that you've been like, wow, I'm so happy I know every detail you're past now. Just like Leatherface really made me appreciate Toby Hooper's masterpiece.
0: It's the same thing with uh, Michael Myers, really, is that you'll never know exactly what was going on behind his eyes. That's what made him so special. But what if he was related? (laughs) Well, that changes things. Now, one of the best parts of the movie is, and this is not a hot take, is uh, (laughs) Dan Stevens as David. Goodness gracious! That that guy is such a good actor in this role, and it's it's very much the Gal Gadot effect. And it's not just the fact that they're both beautiful, but they're both really good at acting with their faces. It's the little eye movements. You know that he rarely blinks when he's on screen, which is kind of unsettling. Oh, yeah. and uh, but it's not just that he rarely blinks; it's that everyone else blinks a little bit more than they ought to. It's or at least they seem to, as like a comparison. The other thing is like even when there are guns being shot at him, the way that his eyes move and the way that his face and eyebrows move all create it all adds to the personality so this is a little bit about action informing the character george lucas does not know how this works
3: <laughs> there are like two or three scenes where he's having a perfectly normal conversation they step out of the room where they turn their head and his expression just changes to this dead-eyed stare and it's fucking perfect it's just Mwah.
0: for so me good. it was nice to see a chad who has resting bitch face like, much like <sighs> myself <laughs> Must be nice. Meanwhile, I was watching the little brother. Like, yeah, dude, I get it. I uh, was <laughs> <Just get laughs> crammed in that locker. I was, I was about to say, it's like I, he seemed pretty identifiable for you. <laughs> but you already took that one away from me. I can't even, I can't even bore you.
3: I've seen this movie like five times. Every time he opens his mouth and that deep voice comes out, I'm always thrown. <laughs> yeah, I had a nice day at school. Whoa,
0: shit. What? Okay. Uh, well, I have to say that the first half of the movie is... Would we call it a slow burn? Yeah, I would go with that. Yeah, I, like, I, guess, I guess Things are happening.
3: Burn. It's progressing. It's, but it's taking its time. It's like it's putting its pieces into play.
0: It's like, okay, this is going to go here. This is going to go here. This is going to move like this. And you're going to sort of set it up like this. Then the bar scene happens. And the pieces are still in play. But you're kind of looking at them just a little bit different. And uh, then, then the party scene happens. You're like, okay, I can sort of see what kind of movie this is going to be. And then the twist happens. And you realize that this is a completely different movie. Holy yeah. I, I don't know that I should give away what the twist is right away because we've done a pretty good job of not explaining what kind of movie this is. But the mystery is not uh, what is happening to all of them. It's pretty obvious uh, that... Uh, David is behind everything, but uh, we could—you know, you guys will find out whether there is a reason for all this or what's going on and what kind of person David is. And I gotta tell you, again, I keep thinking about it. If the movie had gone into detail about exactly what kind of person he was and you know all the ramica- all the ramifications therein, it would have been terrible. Yeah, like who needs? God forbid you have mystery in your thriller. That's the thing that this does so much better than all these other movies. It has a really good story. And it's a story that it's kept simple but it's told very well. It's simple, and, and in fact, the acting is simple. All the lines are simple. If it, did you listen to the writing? I don't know if you've ever looked at like the, the script for this, but if you really listen to the lines, nothing there is too complex. Everything is exactly what it needs to be, and it's so realistic. These are the way, I mean, sorry, this is the way that most people actually talk. When I saw that, you know, average suburban family, that is the most average suburban family I've ever seen. So many of these TV shows and these movies get the average suburban family wrong. This is the most accurate one I think I've ever seen.
3: With the dad always coming home from work, walking straight to the kitchen. I need a drink. I'm having a drink, David. Do you want a drink? a drink? No, I am having a drink. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. And then just drinking beers and watching old football tapes, talking about his job. hmm Wonderful.
0: It uh, and you know the the wife just insisting that he stay. That I'm, I'm gonna tell you this this movie really nails it. Now one of the unfortunate comparisons that I have to make is that. I have seen this movie before, but I've seen oh, it yeah. done so poorly. I've seen it done so terribly in the past. And the idea here is, again, this isn't really a spoiler. It's it's more of a kind of a super soldier movie. And I'm not saying, it's not just Universal Soldier or Metal Gear Solid, but it's also movies like Rambo. Rambo is the one that everyone wants to compare this to, and I can sort of see why. Um, th- there are other ones that sort of do basically the same thing. It's like, you don't understand. He was in the military. He's got a trained mind, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's, for me, that's always been a setup. It is, what are you going to do with it? Another one, and this is a very fond comparison, is John Wick. This is John Wick if John Wick had married a little bit better. Because John Wick is (laughs) all about the action, and the action is so good that you can really excuse the story, which is just a revenge story. The action, again, its I, I, I'm not criticizing it as like, oh, some sort of think that action is good enough that you don't care. Whereas in here, the action is quite good, but it's not good enough to uh, carry the entire movie. The movie does need a backbone. It needs a story. And this story is, again, it's told so simply and so well that everything is effective. Yeah,
3: I mean, this was pitched to me. I'd already seen Your Next and loved it. So it's pitched to me, hey, here's their follow-up movie. They got the inspiration when they watched The Terminator and Halloween back-to-back. Like, how are you not watching that movie? Oh my
0: god, that's a fantastic comparison. Like, in what universe
3: would you not see a movie by the year-next guys based on those two movies?
0: Now, there is one other comparison. Again, I've already mentioned it. I think every single person who's ever seen this movie immediately made this comparison. This looks like it was directed by John Carpenter.
3: I don't think that's by any accident.
0: I, yeah, it is no accident. Now, here, I'm warming up for my hot take. I mean,
3: if you're going to steal, steal from the best.
0: Now, we're don't warming... steal from Kevin Smith. <laughs> we're warming up this take here. Warming I'm up the take machines. Fire up the engines. Now, the first God thing is you. that immediately before I watched this, I had heard about the uh, John Carpenter comparisons, not just from you, but also from, from Alex and other people. That, uh, oh, it looks like it's a real John Carpenter movie. It's <laughs> better than Ghostbusters. of Bars. But this, I have to tell you, and this is the warm up take. Is that uh, as soon as you hear the comparisons to John Carpenter, it's that's the more glaring the differences become. Kind of like the uncanny valley effect. Is that the closer you get to John Carpenter, the more glaring the differences. If John Carpenter had directed this movie, a this is not an insult. It would have been better written. This movie is very well written, but I think that John Carpenter is just such a good screenwriter that the writing would have been even better. And the other thing is that uh, it's it's the tone of the movie. The movie is extremely serious. Did you laugh even once while watching this?
3: Uh, there were a couple scenes. Like the look on Dan Stevens' face when he grabs those grenades in the diner. That oh, always gets a chuckle out of me.
0: Which I have to admit, that just adds to his personality. But uh, I will say this. it's If this had been John Carpenter, the movie would have played itself i'd say a little looser you know it would have been a, a little bit more flowing there would have been a bit of i'm not saying jokes or anything like that but it would have been a little bit easier you know have it would have played it a little bit more like smooth jazz you know whereas this was well it was a john carpenter soundtrack which leads me to perhaps the hottest take i have oh, ever no. spat okay 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 uh, Now, everyone keeps saying, yeah, what a John Carpenter soundtrack. What a John Carpenter soundtrack. For me, the soundtrack was the number one thing that I said made it not like a John Carpenter movie. There is a reason for this. It's not the sound itself. It's not the timbre. The timbre is perfect Carpenter. I mean, this this sounds like something Carpenter would have, A, composed, and B, played himself. It was actually played on the same synthesizers that they used for Halloween 3 for Crying Out Loud. But the difference is how often they use it if you actually go back and watch a lot of carpenter's movies he doesn't play that soundtrack nearly as often as people seem to think everyone just seems to hear it in the theme song or something like this where it plays in certain scenes to build the atmosphere or something like that but carpenter was much better at using silence this movie does not use silence as much i not as much as it should but as much as a john carpenter movie and I don't have a problem with that. That doesn't make the movie any worse. But I I keep thinking about the party scene. Boy, that movie, I mean, that scene never had the music go out. It was just constant, this is your John Carpenter soundtrack, you people like it. And indeed I do, but that doesn't make me think John Carpenter. It just makes me think, oh, you're you're spreading too much whipped cream on this cake.
3: I mean, you're never going to get me to say that too much John Carpenter is a bad thing, except for Escape from L.A.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good point. But, uh, well, the other thing is that Kurt Russell wasn't in this movie. I mean, Only no movie autumn, can truly be perfect. I mean, it automatically bumps it down to a 5 out of 10. Anyway, guys, it was nice recording about this. <laughs> uh,
3: now, one of the other. Oh, wait, lines? no, I just remembered the one line that actually makes me laugh. What was it? I that? just saw in my notes. This is a spoiler, but you remember when he gets in the altercation at school. Mm hmm. And he goes in and talks to the prince as they're leaving. The principal Hills I don't even know he was gay.
0: <laughs> that gets me every time. Like that's what he took away from the situation. <laughs> that's all he's focusing on. Uh, that's the thing is that uh, this David guy. It, it's it's so complicated. I think that scene is actually a, a really good scene for building what kind of character he is because everything else is like, oh, I'm going to call the cops to frame uh, this one guy and I'm going to kill these other people with pills, and I, I, he's good with guns. It's, it just makes him to be a, a, a killer. There's much more to him than that. There is so much more in the sense that he is good at manipulating bureaucracy. Now, that, to me, is extremely interesting. It's, and it's not just like, oh, and he's very protective. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the blind side. This, again, <laughs> it is manipulating the system. It, shall we make our Michael R. jokes now? <laughs>
3: No, I've done enough racist jokes last week <laughs> that didn't make the
0: cut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dan no Stevens and ever Michael ever. R. as buddies in <laughs> their buddy cups. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
3: yeah, hey, if you notice, there wasn't a single orc in this movie. Oh, Makes yeah, you wonder, huh?
1: Uh,
0: well, what about the, the main uh, FBI guy? <laughs> Don't ruin my joke. Military police, sorry. The magic feds.
3: <laughs> Can you imagine if they came after him and that guy with the blue <laughs> I'm hair? i be on my deathbed and just screaming out loud, how did an Alamo happen in a world with dragons?
0: <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh no, he's finally lost it. Pull the plug and- I had to go onto the terribleblog.net. Please turn off ad blockers in order to see like the the link you posted to the Bray podcast, and that's the first time I actually noticed the centaur. <laughs> get it? Instead of a cop on horseback, it's a fucking centaur in right. How how do centaurs get made? Did a guy fuck a horse, and that's just the way evolution decided to go? <laughs> I don't
3: understand anything in that world.
0: <sighs> so the guest. <laughs> yeah. Back to a real movie. Uh, yeah, and, and a very real movie at that. See, this is one of the things that it almost makes David out to, to be somewhat robotic. Because at some point, he he very much veers off his, I would say, original mission, the way that he words it, in such a way that I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. and Because he starts to clean up loose ends. And it just makes it so... uh, It makes it, I think, a little bit hard for an average viewer to digest and be like, okay, now I'm not entirely sure what character this is. I think it's it's pretty easy for me to tell exactly what they're trying to do here.
3: It's a little muddled. I feel like the turn with him and the mom could have been done a little bit better. Because it's very sudden. And it's not really explained well. Like, if you think about it a bit, you'll get it. But I remember even the first time watching it, like, wait, I thought the whole point was to protect them. Why would she just...
0: Well, that's the thing like, is that you know as I mean. soon as as soon as he uh, as soon as he gets his gun, that's when the movie changed for me, because oh. before that he's one of the most likable characters you've ever seen. And you're like, oh, there's a dark side to him. It's like the movie The Boy Next Door, but uh, wow, th- yeah, this <laughs>
2: nice. I've never
0: actually I've never actually seen that. <laughs> we just have the poster at work, so. <laughs> Uh, speaking of our movie posters at work, we have like all these. I think I've mentioned this too. We have all these terrible movie posters at work. We've got a hot tub time machine two. Uh, nice. More. Uh, what was it? Mordecai. Uh, oh, but Jesus. the one we have that you would hate the most is is whatever you want to go to uh, the bathroom, boy or girl bathroom. The first poster you see and you cannot escape seeing it is the Frozen poster. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> well, enjoy pooping everything. on the first floor. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway um this this uh we don't have this poster at work which is a shame because this is a pretty decent poster get a get to see a little bit of him right there he's a he's a good looking fella i'm glad i did i'm sorry i know alex watches or listens to this podcast regularly alex i hate to say it i'm glad we didn't watch this together because you would have been talking about constantly just how yummy this guy is
3: yeah good thing you're not podcasting with someone who's going to do that the rest of the episode so the scene where he comes out of the bathroom in a towel can we talk about that for the
0: next 47 minutes (laughs) well i have to admit he did have the best body in the movie out of either gender i would mm. which is a spectrum biblical biblical things well, which is more than anything else, it reminds me of uh, Chris Pratt, how he got himself in shape for this, because apparently the backstory is that he was like emaciated when he came on to the movie, and he's like, no, no, seriously, I swear, I'll get into crazy good shape. And then he does? That is scary to me. <laughs> for this movie? Like, I yeah. get doing it for Batman. But uh, no, 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 no. no. It- he was just like, oh, I, I gotta get in shape for this movie that no one will watch.
3: I'm so happy he's like finally in movies now, though.
0: It's good. He's, he is a great actor. And again, his face during all of, uh, I won't call them for what they are, the action scenes, it, it, it colorizes the character. It makes it so that there are, there's more to him. In fact, I have to contrast this with uh, Ice Station Zebra. Rock Hudson's character, there's nothing to him. There was really nothing to him. There. I mean, I've, I looked it up online. There were people who turned down the role. I think Gregory Peck turned down the role. I could see why he turned it down there's nothing to the character there's nothing interesting about the character why would you want to play a character like that oh a movie made like a million dollars well, come on though now this movie which barely made a million dollars there, there is so much to the character that it, it's done just with his eyes or the way that he'll blink or the way that he'll raise his eyebrows or the faces that he makes when he's dodging bullets i'm kind of reminded of drive Drive is a sort of a similar thing, but that's one where the camera sort of drives the character, where he it'll just be focusing on the way that he stares at things. This one, it's uh, Dan Stevens is doing a lot of heavy lifting on this.
3: I think the best thing about this movie, besides Dan himself, is how quickly you get. Off. The movie just starts off, and you know right from the beginning, like something's off. I don't know if he's dangerous, but something about him just seems a little weird and then it slowly builds off that and then just as soon as he gets that gun it gets bonkers Mm -hmm. as soon as he he gets that that gun
0: it's boy it's it's it's, uh I'm not saying it's a little bit much but it is a big tonal shift for me and it's one where it's like okay now the movie it's sort of like now the movie's actually beginning you know and Uh, I'm not saying that the stuff before that was worthless I don't think this movie has
3: a single worthless scene you have that nice slow burn going then as soon as they're doing laundry and that curtain drops and he sees them with the machine guns, delicious. Mm-hmm. Just, and that whole the finale of the movie takes place in a rec center decorated for a Halloween party. Oh, how did neon I not lights that. and smoke? My God! Like as soon as that happened, I, it was so nice of them to make this movie for me and nobody else. I know.
0: I was about to say I was just like, okay, so you're going to be listed as executive producer, right? Because as soon as I saw that Haunted House, I was just like, okay, I know Parker did this.
3: They had a decoration with the three masks from Halloween 3. This movie is for me and no one else. <laughs> who else would put those fucking masks in a movie? That's a good point. That is a very good point. I don't
0: even think I know. Playing this
3: that. sweet synthwave music and these neon lights and a Halloween set. Like,
0: come on, people. This is, this is, this is this seriously... Uh, I, this is a wonderful movie. I think more people need to watch it. At this point, buy it on Blu-ray. Maybe we could help the people who made this get their money back on it. Because I feel bad for them. Three hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars. I'm sure like this, this was in
3: like fifty theaters for a weekend contractually. Because that's pretty much what happened to year next. Like that sat on shelf for like a year, and then it got like a weekend in
0: limited run, and that was it. So instead, people watch like Taken Three. That's probably, that's their thriller. That's or the other one with Liam Neeson on a fucking train. That's what they go for. They don't, don't go like for movies shit. like this. This
3: movie is incredible. Now Did I you have see a the parody commercial with with Yeah. <laughs> i did not but i feel like you're gonna send it to me as soon as we're done No, oh, yeah i think i have to <laughs> so you've seen this movie you understand what i've been talking about this whole time now right
1: yeah
3: now do you see why blair witch hurt me so bad do you understand the pain that i feel in my soul now
0: was this the same was this the, same, the director? same
3: writer and director and the blair witch property do you see uh-huh. why it hurts my soul do you see why death note hurt me chris uh, wait but that was the same director yeah, same director. Do you see now?
0: Whoa, whoa! The pain I have lived I, in
3: 2017. Uh, I have been through uh, so much.
2: I, well, it, it, if I'm you remember denial. that
3: episode, I told you I put off seeing yeah. Blair Witch for so long because of what I'd heard. Because I loved this movie so much, and I didn't want it to hurt me. Now you know. To go from this to that movie. Yeah. Okay. Feel it. Feel no, it all no, it at once. Overwhelm you. You know just what? Maybe me.
0: he's okay. You know, what? maybe he's better off just writing movies on his own that he's creating his own sort of IP for. Because, boy, Blair Witch was not good enough, and hell, you Death don't Report, ever need to obviously. see Death
3: Note. Yeah, you're fine. Obviously, turns out you can't adapt forty two episodes into ninety minutes.
0: Uh, speaking of forty two episodes, you know what I can't find? Oh no. Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm actually having trouble finding this. So.
3: Don't worry, buddy. I'll give you my Hulu pass. It's all good. You're oh, not you're getting right, Yuri gave it to me.
0: I haven't I have saved some It's on Hulu? Okay, I'll look it up on Sure Hulu.
3: is. You're not getting out of this bet, friend. Yeah. <sighs> okay. You are. Tom Brady has long been known as the king of games. But let me introduce you to my friend
0: Yu-Gi-Moto and his friends. <laughs> Alright, so... Did they make... I have to ask this, because I, I have it in, in the back of my mind. I feel like I'm confusing this with something else. Did they make a sequel to this? No. I wish they had. God, I wish they had. Oh.
3: All right. I I do love, I don't want to talk about the ending, but just that last scene in her line as it cuts to credits, just...
0: I'm glad you mentioned it, because I was about to mention it. Parker, you know me and my anger towards movies that don't have a real ending. Ooh, here we go this is not one of them this actually i I feel that this was a real ending i'll I'll sit down now okay (laughs) uh because that's the thing it's like if you can't tell what happens after this you're you're completely idiotic you know it's it's fairly obvious what happens (laughs) Fucking, i love no
3: spoilers (laughs) cut this later i just wanted to mention to you how as he's dying he just gets a thumbs up good job man (laughs) you should have done this you were right don't feel bad. Thumbs up and collapses. Oh,
0: that's the that's uh, that reminds me of one of the other lines. There, it's it's kind of like an eye widening scene, and I guess they kind of they I think they kind of play it as funny because they cut to Luke's reaction to it when he says, "Don't let anyone ever push you around," and then he says what he should do to people if they push him yeah. around. And as soon as he says that, I am reminded of a line by Harlan Ellison. Uh, wherein Harlan is talking about uh, people it was uh, Warner Brothers Warner Brothers refused to pay him for like an interview he did for uh, a Battlestar Galactica uh, Galactica thing and then he said you yeah, either pay me for it or I'm going to come down to your studios I'm going to burn the damn building down It's like well you don't have to get beat <laughs> about it yes I do have to get mean about it I was like harlan if you if he threatened to do that then you could get in trouble with the law it's so one of the other stories they did this is i think my favorite harlan ellison story sorry god he's on a roll guys it's uh the one where he it was it was something with his book they uh they put an advertisement in there they didn't like he's like okay well the rights have reverted back to me you're going to give it to me and they're like nope the rights are still ours he's like oh trust me the rights have reverted back to me you will see, and they're like, "They're like, okay." And then he just did he just starts torturing this publisher, just doing all this terrible stuff to him. He's mailing bricks to this guy, and then he, this is back when the post office had to deliver everything in the mail. And then he sends uh, this guy Sandor, from the Bronx, who is basically a mob hitman up there, to scare him. And then he's like, "Oh no, you gave that guy like a heart attack! I was like, oh, it's terrible! My mother died of a heart attack." And they described it in detail to the guy. And the guy still wouldn't release his book, so he goes out, kills a gopher, and mails it to the guy fourth class male in the dead Jesus. of summer so it cost them millions to fumigate the building eventually <laughs> he got the book rights back so Jesus. this is why i don't pirate anything that harlan ellison has ever written that's i might pay him for it that's <laughs> uh, anyway that's one story of revenge this is let's,
3: let's somewhat just talk different. more about david yeah and so how great it is because I just remembered one of my favorite moments is it's in the bar scene before it turns the way it does. Mm-hmm. You know, he's paying the bartender. He's like, well, it's a lot of money. He just casually goes, cash is easy
0: to get. And then just looks off in the distance. It's like, uh, <laughs> roll it the fuck back. What'd you say? That That's another thing where it's really subtle. Be like, okay, what kind of person is he? But that's the thing is that even though the bar scene is really instrumental in telling you so a lot good. more about him. It's still, like, one of those scenes where it's like, okay, I've seen this before. He's, he's a badass. You know, John Cena could have played this role. And then later on, again, as soon as he gets his first gun, John Cena could not have played this role. John Cena no. would not have played this role. This is one of the movies where it's, it's tough to put a, a leading man in here who's, like, really popular with the public. Because it really changes the way that you look at the guy.
3: I and mean, Alex and I have been buying in deep on Dan Stevens stock for the last couple of years now, and I'm glad you finally see why. He is so good. He's the reason I rented that shitty live-action Beauty and the Beast, where he looks like a goddamn fool in that wig.
0: It's very upsetting. Well, that's entirely your. Wait, what does he play in the?
3: In he's the human version of the Beast, my friend. Oh, really. I was like, Dan Stevens is starring in a Disney... Fuck yeah, I'm in. Now, I will say this.
0: He is gorgeous in this movie. I I don't think that we have been clear enough about that, even though we said he has the best body of either gender in the movie, which is a spectrum. He (laughs) is so easy on the eyes.
3: He just has that disarming look. Like, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho is... It's kind of on the nose, but it's that kind of thing where... There's that scene where he's walking down the street at night next to that girl and he smiles at her and it completely disarms her before he does horrible things to her. like It's a similar kind of thing. Like He just has that calm presence and he always talks like this. And gosh, I'd hate to trouble you off for another night here, but you know, I'm just going to go down to Florida.
0: Boy, you really do that impression well.
3: Well, as White Trash myself, who is just completely broken on the inside and spends <laughs> many a night staring at the wall wondering what could have been.
0: Well, and, it. yeah, yeah. you're kind of similar to Dan Stevens in this movie. You're jacked and... Uh, oh, uh, anyway. What if uh, I
3: told you <laughs> that there was an FX series called Legion that's sort of based around the X-Men that stars both Dan Stevens and Aubrey Plaza? What if I told you it's all crashing down on you and you can't escape it?
0: I don't have to watch it. Anyway... It's actually
3: apparently, like, insanely good because it's from the guy who made Fargo.
0: Yeah, sure. Anyway,
3: um... <laughs> sorry, that was I a forgot decision. he was... I completely forgot he was the boyfriend in Colossal. That dumps her in the beginning.
0: I
1: completely oh, forgot. Oh! Oh my god! I
0: knew I'd seen him before! Holy shit! I need to watch Colossal again. Yes, you found do. found my excuse. What a... Oh, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. I'm just gonna rewatch Colossal and the guest every You know week what's weird is he could have played Jason Sudoku's role in that. <laughs> god, he could have. He really could have, right? At quite intensity.
3: Yeah. I don't want to think about Dan Stevens gaslighting me. I want to think of him as a tender lover who would do literally anything for me. Anything. <laughs> who would do a little too much for you, really. You know what? It's, it's better than nothing at all. You know what I mean, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> she's out there. She knows. She's raising her
0: hands. Now, uh, Parker, have you ever made a mix CD for anyone but yourself?
3: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I was going to answer you, and then you added that last word. No. Yeah, I've, I've never
0: done that. So that seems... But I, I I'm so know happy to do that. Because that. that panning shot
3: of her listening to that CD... To, to over to his window with him sitting on the edge of the box. oh that's one of the best Just, shots in the entire movie <laughs> that's that's the movie right there god it's so good now god,
0: that was a very carpenter wish. shot god damn it <laughs> that that's one of the things it's like i talked about how this movie is different from carpenter uh, about oh the closer you get to whatever sort of thing it makes it here less carpenter there's a whole lot of john carpenter in that and that was one of the scenes the other one was this and it's a little scene but to me it was like now that's something john carpenter would have done is uh everything for a purpose it's it is to drive the story and if it seems a little ridiculous again it's because we're trying to tell something here uh when he's at the party and that girl's ex-boyfriend comes by and he shoves that guy into the wall and breaks the picture and the guy gets away and the girl's immediate reaction is like oh i want to fuck him now that is a carpenter reaction that is not a (laughs) human reaction the human reaction would have been, what the fuck? That's my wall. That's a picture of me cheerleading. Clean that up. Get the fuck out. I don't want this violent man in my house. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I understand. And young, eager woman with Dan Stevens looking all the way that he does. And it, it does kind of feel like, uh, it, it, does, it does a good job of telling what kind of person that he is because, again, in, even in the bed, he is kind of, he's kind of odd, you know, a bit off until he gets literally turned on. But it, that's something that reminded me very much of Carpenter because most other people would have uh, done that scene in a different way or they might have put it in at a different point in the movie but the way that it's filmed in that way that was very Carpenter to me
3: I want you to close your eyes and imagine that scene but it's Tom Atkins instead just slamming that kid <laughs> <in the head>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that
3: girl's still the same age because it fits the hell with Yeah, the yeah, I don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> Tom Atkins gigantic face
3: now, we haven't said much about the the daughter. She's one of the main characters, but I'd remi- be remiss if I didn't mention that she's the main character in It Follows. And if y'all haven't seen It Follows, get your shit together. I'm you want to talk about a movie that. from this time that also uses a lot of neon lights and synth scores? Like 2014 to like 2017, <laughs> if you like synth music and John Carpenter fonts, you will love indie horror movies.
0: <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is our next movie should be Neon Demon? If you want to cross that bridge, but my... I, I can't but remember, watch that movie again. I, I, I legitimately can't it. watch that, that movie ever again.
3: If you want to play that card this early in the year, that's fine.
0: Have you seen that movie?
3: No. Fool me three oh. times. Shame
0: on me. Oh man, it's almost worth it just to see you watch this stupid movie.
3: Look, I won't rule it out. If we can't think of anything, yeah, we can't this think of anything ends, better. In a God short, damn it.
0: Well, the good news is I have me. a couple of black and white horror mo- Or not black and white horror movies. Sorry, black and white samurai movies from the 50s.
3: So next week, the Neon Demon.
0: <laughs> Actually, you know what I have downloaded? I still have the snowman. But it doesn't really look oh, that interesting.
3: So do I, buddy. Mm. I'm going to watch
0: it this week. I can't wait. All right. Oh, May- well, maybe we should do that. You want to do the snowman?
3: I absolutely
0: do, Mr. Police. Okay, let's... <laughs> 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 all right next week ladies and gentlemen is the snowman keep listening i'm going to talk about dark star with alex and then i'm going to talk about i Tonya, with alex have fun Bye.
2: a million shine down but i see only one when i think i'm over you i find i've just begun years move faster than the days, there's no warmth in the light. And how I miss those desert skies, your cool touch in the night. Benson, Arizona, blue warm wind through your hair. My body flies the galaxies, my heart longs to be there. Benson, Arizona. The same stars in the sky But they seem so much kinder When we watch them, you and I They seem so much kinder when we watch them, you and I. Now the years pull us apart, I'm young and now you're old. But you're still in my heart, and the memory won't grow cold. I dream of times and spaces I left far behind, where we spent our Benson, Arizona, blue warm wind through your hair. My body flies the galaxies, my heart longs to be there. Benson, Arizona, the same stars in the sky, but they seem so much kinder when we watch them, you and I into a
0: continuation is that good enough for a real deal no sex appeal <laughs> my name is chris with me as always is park of uh, uh, mary abby katie my Bialis. name is decidedly like.
4: more androgynous than that uh, you would have gotten closer with parker
0: i would have got closer with chris <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so we just watched a movie that um, sure was a movie know, in I
4: 19 i, I don't know some... if it
0: was i, I don't when did
4: know it come that... out?
0: 1974 Oh. so 20 years before one of the greatest years in movie history 1994
4: <laughs> it's a pretty good year yeah Yeah, it's pretty good know. year for movies yeah
0: they had, they had a lot of really good movies they had um, they had Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. Leon the Professional mm-hmm. The Lion King so.
4: and the personal best one of the whole year Hard Target starring Jean-Claude Van Damme directed by John Woo one of the greatest films ever made
0: never seen it anyway oh. uh, Dark Star is directed by John Carpenter personal favorite director of this podcast <laughs> um it sure was a movie that we watched uh was it did we actually watch that was that not like uh because we did eat those big salads from coven i kind of felt like maybe it was like kind of a fever dream based on whatever we ate
4: i, I had beet lemonade that's all i know it was that, delicious that
0: that seems like it might have been hallucinatory did it improve my the movie pee at all? is
4: going to be bright red tomorrow and it's going to be great
0: yeah, me too, but for different reasons. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, the movie is uh, billed as some sort of space comedy. Now, again, the release date is important, 1974. That's three years before Star Wars came out. Star Wars, uh, you ever see Star Wars? It's not that good to watch it. Anyway, I, know, yeah. I clearly George Lucas has seen Dark Star because, and, and I'm not saying that it's like, oh, Star Wars is completely unoriginal and there's, you know, all the space movies rip each other off, but...
4: Well, I mean, there's, you got that big ship and they travel from planet to planet. and and a couple And the captain, there, and the captain yeah. has sex with all the aliens. Right? Are we star, Did you watch star You watched the... Oh, that was a porn parody. That's um,
0: Anyway, there's there's a lot in Star Wars that they clearly cribbed a little bit from Dark Star. You asked just me how a, many times George Lucas watched Dark Star. I'd say at least three times. While
4: he was filming Star Wars. Yeah. While almost he was as filming
0: New Hope. Almost he Hidden Fortress. <laughs> so... Uh, now, I, I love John Carpenter, and there's some very good stuff in this movie. Uh, there are mm-hmm. a couple jokes there. It's like, okay, he just nailed that one. But for the most of it, it's just kind of a series of vignettes that don't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I think wh- if you had to nail the central thesis of this movie, this movie is trying to say X, what would you say?
4: Government sucks.
0: Hmm. If if that is the case, if I think float- if you're a better job. If you're floating
4: around in space and you really need some new radiation stuff, don't. Don't wait! Don't wait for the government to give it to you. You're that gonna have first, to make like, it yourself. That is the first five minutes of
0: the movie, yeah.
4: And it, it was very important because the ship was a pile of shit.
0: I think the central thesis of this movie was more like being in space kind of sucks because this is one of the ones where John Carpenter had clearly seen uh, 1968, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. This was very much to me a parody of that, and I could see it for much of it. There are a couple shots that someone emulated uh, Stanley Kubrick in there. There are a couple moments where it's like this is what it's like to be inside a spaceship, and instead of being the Oh, I'm floating around, and here I pressed a button, and it's like, oh, it's <laughs> we set it to this nice ballet. Instead, they have this like weird country western song in there, oh, man. and it's a they're good just song. like playing cards and uh, kind smoking? of smoking. They're
4: smoking in it, an
0: oxygen rich environment. Yeah, that w- that was kind of weird. Yeah, it that was, makes sense. It, the whole thing to me just kind of felt like it was unfocused and. Incredibly low budget. Now, I know Parker's going to be listening back to this. He's going to be like, oh, Park? There's nothing necessarily wrong with low budget. I know. Nothing inherently wrong with it. But this one was uh, noticeably so. Shall we discuss the alien?
4: Look, I'm pretty sure they got most of their props from the dollar store. And that worked out okay for them. I
0: don't think they went to the dollar store. I think they went to some kid's backyard and just stole them.
4: I mean, that's also possible.
0: The, The alien is played by a beach ball.
4: Beach ball with little feet with little, on little, it, little
0: claws, you with know, little, little claws on claws. the line. Only two of them, just <laughs> and, it, and it, it gets the guy too. It gets the guy like <laughs> ah, yes. see, and uh, uh,
4: that the alien that they, goes on. They, they, it? they seem to they seem to um, they seem to make it kind of clear that the alien is what fucked up the whole ship, including the laser thing that mm-hmm. was already fucked up before the alien got out of its closet.
0: Yeah. Now, this does lead to uh, perhaps the best line in the entire movie. The, the computer, which is somewhat sentient and actually has a bit of a personality. It kind of reminds me of Magic Voice from Mystery Science Hero 3000, where it's just like, it's your turn to feed the aliens. I, like, oh, I don't want to do that, which is a very, to me, a really good response. It's like, <laughs> let me remind worry. you, it was your idea to bring this on board in the first place because he said the ship needed a mascot <laughs> that, that is hysterical to me <laughs>
4: in your words the ship needs a mascot so he
0: walks into this room with with this alien and an alien and, and a bunch of gigantic- floating cogs in the
4: background right? yeah now that's
0: the thing is like we walked in there and i was like is that the alien is it
4: gears and i are was these just like, the, are these the gears that start a war
0: and i okay <laughs> and i at first I, I was like oh is is this the alien if they, if that is as the shittiest alien i've ever seen and then no the no. actual shittiest alien i've yeah. ever seen pops down yeah
4: it's <laughs> basically just a beach ball made to look like a rotten tomato with penguin feet on the bottom
0: it is
4: i mean if that's what they were going for they did a really good job
0: if that's what they're going for yeah uh and it leads to a very long sequence where he's chasing this thing around. Yeah. And
4: it could have done with some Benny Hill music, I it,
0: think. Well, you know what? I think the music that they played, they played the Barber of Seville. So they oh, kind of went yeah. like classical on you. Uh, trying to in- enrich your culture here. So at one point he gets... <laughs> stu- yeah. Mm. So at one point he gets stuck in an elevator shaft. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> boy, he's in that elevator he shaft stuck, for some time, not he? He's stuck he?
4: pretty hard in that elevator yeah, shaft. Yeah,
0: it is. It's tightened there. And, uh,
4: for the record, he gets stuck in, on the, in the floor of the elevator itself and his big bulbous womanly hips can't fit through the thing. Yeah. So he's, he's stuck and we keep getting this undershot of his legs swinging about uselessly in the air as the elevator goes up and down for no discernible reason, because there are only four people on the ship. And three of them are nowhere near the elevator.
0: That's right. And he's just stuck in there while we look at his taint while his legs wave around. And he somehow unscrews the bottom of the thing and wedges his way in there. But then the thing explodes out. And then he's still alive somehow. Some daffy duck shit there. And he (laughs) extricates himself. There's smoke (laughs) everywhere. He just closes his bill. He's got
4: the hatch (laughs) around his
0: waist. (laughs) (laughs) He's <laughs> just walking around like that. Oh my god! I he—I had hoped he would keep it throughout the entire movie. Oh. Um, now we forgot to mention R2D2. Uh, oh yeah. R2D2 is uh, a human character in this movie. He's not actually named that, but fuck it, we're going to call him that because he is in the R2D2 portal.
4: Yeah, the ship—the ship has a little R2D2 portal on the top, and it's very, very clear as you're zooming in. You're like, oh, that's where Lucas got that idea. And no, inside of it is a little—is a little man who looks like John Lennon with all the hair, and his name is Talby, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with the humans in the ship. He'd rather just be one with all of the stars. All of his friends, the stars.
0: Now, he's one of the ones who, he's upset because their captain had previously perished uh, due to some reason.
4: They were all kind of upset about it.
0: Oh, well, one of them was more upset than the others. He isolated himself, I guess. Now, what does he do up there? What is his job? Um... That's what I thought. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> but
4: as far as I can tell, it's it's looking at a it's it's looking at a screen and saying, "Hey guys, there's a problem." Whenever the system says, "Hey guys, there's a problem," and then they don't listen to him more than half of the time.
0: Now, I would seem to think that if space travel were ever achieved on a regular basis, uh, that people can just go out there and travel space, that communication would be completely necessary in order to facilitate ease of travel. They never communicate anything to this guy. And
4: and certainly not something that you can just turn off with the click of a button.
0: Yeah, evidently, because there are a couple points where the guy's in the elevator shaft and we're just yelling at the TV screen, talk to the computer, she's yeah. there to help. And They can uh, they can verbally access the computer anywhere in the ship
4: except for this elevator shaft that exists for no discernible reason.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> now I'm thinking about uh, their, what, what, what should I call it, their barracks?
4: Well, it's a food locker. It and is, it sure yeah. does look like a food locker with a giant porn wall on the side of it.
0: Well, it looked like that at first, but once you get closer you can't quite tell yeah, what they, could be up there. They blurred what if they're out all copyrighted of the images. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so They it, put all the
4: images they put all the pictures up on the wall and then they blur them all out. So that when you get close to them, it's all just fuzzy. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like from far away, you there's like no there's way to tell.
4: clearly some, but there's clearly some titties. There's like, a lot of naked skin Like on you that. can
0: look up there and it's like you have to like squint your eyes and it's like I can definitely see at least one boob, you know? At least one. And you're like, there, there's a, probably a whole lot of women who are not wearing a whole lot. And then you get closer and closer and closer and then it's like, uh, oh, guys, we need the PG rating. And so it just blurs them all out because no one said fucking this. So you could get this at uh, the G or PG rating.
4: There should have been fucks, but there were no fucks.
0: Well, you know there are no women on board besides Magic
4: Voice. Okay, look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they've been. Women are the bad guy's luck had, on ships.
4: The, the, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the thing, the the guy doing the male transmission is like, "Oh yeah, you guys It's been like ten years since your last transmission, so we're, you're probably this far away." So they've been up there for going on 20 years they don't look like they've been up there for going on 20 years and um they're having sex with each other there's no way that they're not
0: now you you seem to act like guys can't wait 20 years can they parker oh there we go anyway uh now the one guy how, how how best to describe him should we call him cat stevens
4: Wait, which one are we? On? The one
0: with the big beard and the big hair.
4: Oh, the so, cap- the, the acting captain or whatever? Yeah, I guess Dolittle? he's deputy or whatever. Do- he was yeah.
0: Anyway, Dr. uh Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. Well cap-
4: Deputy Doolittle.
0: The Dep- deputy deputy do Deputy Do Small. Anyway. <laughs> he uh he's up there and boy, he's just not very pleasant, is he?
4: I, don't, I, I mean, none of them are particularly... Well, honestly. I mean, after the Captain. One, guy, so, one of them you know, is exactly the, the, one with the, the one with the 70s porn stash so neatly trimmed while Nothing everybody else has a bushy beard. His name was Boiler, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> the Big Boiler. Yeah, boiler. Okay, so they, they're they in that fucking, oh, like... The uh, Big Boiler. They're in the food locker, apparently. There's a bunch which, of... Which, for there. some
4: reason, is their bedroom. I don't know why their actual bedroom was not good enough for them. I...
0: I that's the thing is it's like they're all very cramped in there there's a bunch of porn on the wall so it's like
4: also there's only three beds but there are four guys
0: i guess they sleep in shifts maybe like no
4: i don't think talby ever comes down from his crow's nest
0: you think he, he just lives i think there? he
4: just lives in r2d2 land forever And
0: he just sits his only there?
4: friends are the stars he,
0: he just he just sits there he in, in sits. his chair like he's fucking uh who's, who's the guy in the wheelchair that really smart guy with the computer voice
1: hawking Stephen Hall? albert einstein anyway
0: oh. so do you think they like go in there to jerk it and shifts
4: no i think they, they, they all just whip out? it out at once they, yeah they,
0: oh they they play i really cookie.
4: think they all just whip it out at once yeah
0: um and they all they get tired of chicken was that supposed to be a joke they get tired of chicken because that's a joke to me I never get tired of chicken it's delicious
4: i mean apparently it fits very well in soy sauce packet
0: form the, that was gogurt, gogurt that had gone bad.
4: No, what it was was melted otterpots. This
0: movie has <laughs> predicted gogurt, so I'd like to thank John Carpenter for his contributions to Snackdom.
4: Anyway, the computer talks to the bombs. We could the call the movie drive. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> let's 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 move on. Let's move on to the bombs. Because oh yeah, let's,
0: let's, let's talk about the bombs. They're the funniest damn of this whole yeah. cool movie.
4: Um, the the ship. Apparently, has AI bombs that just look like, um, what are they? Uh, a train, what are those called?
0: A freight Con, uh, conta- container. Freight containers, I guess. Yeah, the, like, yeah. You have to move them around in Grand Theft Auto Five. Anyway, I'm oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, <laughs>
4: But yeah, apparently all all of the bombs are uh, AI bombs, and anybody can talk to them, and they have a personality. They appear to have likes and dislikes. You can have conversations with these things, and they drop them on
0: planets and blow them up. Now, how sick do you have to be to be the guy who programmed all this? <laughs> You're the guy who's just like, okay, we're going to give it. Okay, let me just put in life over here. Let's give it thoughts. Let's see. Okay, it wants to do this. It doesn't want to do this. It has to follow these orders. And it it's wants going to get to,
4: married someday. And it is
0: destined to. Die and kill others. Yeah. Yeah. I, so.
4: Why were they... Why you were know they who dropping, programmed
0: it, right? Old Testament God.
4: Why, <laughs> why were they dropping bombs on planets?
0: Maybe the planet was in their way.
4: No, they...
0: It obscures far, my view of Jupiter. As far as I
4: can tell, they were dropping bombs... They sort of went over this at the very beginning of the movie. They were dropping bombs on planets to sort of create stable solar systems for reasons.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a... Kind of a tough one to for me. But course. I don't,
4: I don't really like they, they the 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 most recent bomb or the most recent planet they decided to bomb uh, was going to fly off of its orbit in like several rotations and like happen? crash into something. Is that,
1: is that I I don't fuck, I'm, I'm sure I hope Jupiter does not do that. I'm not I'm not a but spaceologist.
4: It. I have no fucking more than idea. I know. But. Yeah, they were just like, okay, we'll just blow it up. That's their plan for everything. That's all that humans ever do. They just blow things up.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a comment on society. So I already
4: made a comment on government. Like, well, I'm going to be there. I See, I'm already working off the notion that, spa- that being in space sucks. Yeah, I don't me too. I don't generally like movies like this. Well,
0: I mean, that's <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I've already kind of had this idea that, you know, being in space would kind of suck. Because I think about, like... You know, Mike Nelson doesn't want to be on the satellite of love. Okay. Actually, I you know. Here's here's a good one for you. I watched a lot of really shitty sci-fi movies growing up, and a whole lot of them were about space travel. And you know, the thing that always got me. Is that they always had one extraordinarily beautiful young woman on board who would always hook up with the captain? Who is I mean, yeah, who's young clearly
4: taking it from everybody
0: else. Uh, you know, what? I, I, I think everyone else just foregoes. Like, no, no, uh, alpha male all over there. Uh, not,
4: not in next generation. She is no, 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 no. no, pretty, no, I, mean, uh, I, mean no I mean, I mean, no pretty female. Well, except no, that's not fair because that would be me saying that Doctor Crusher is not a pretty female, and she very certainly is the Doctor, prettiest female. Doctor
0: Crusher is, the, is that like Doctor Poison? <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Anyway, so it's I absolutely black, not. I watch these black and white sci-fi movies about like space travel and stuff like that. Mm. And they almost always look like, oh, being in space is fun. We'll go explore the new parts of the galaxy and all these undiscovered lands with alien creatures, right? And it it never really occurred to I think the people making those that, you know, being up in space for that long would kinda of blow chunks. Yeah, kinda of sucks. And it's like you don't want to be in space. It's like being on a ship, there you you got to put into port at some point, you know, go have fun or something like that, <laughs> and uh, it's like being a pirate or being a ship merchant trader. So either way, it's like at some point you'd have to get uh, kind of sick of it. There's only one movie be- that came up before this. And I think they actually did a pretty good job of it, and that was a movie called Marooned. That had uh, Gene Hackman and uh, Gregory Peck.
4: Yeah, I know that. Name. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a pretty good uh, movie, but uh, it won an Academy Award, I think, and it, it was basically, about these uh, astronauts who are in a, a vessel that's even more cramped than this one. <laughs> and uh, they, I think they're coming back from the moon or something, and they are somewhat destined to die. And the movie is all about seeing how many of their lives they can, uh, you know, hold on to and it, it is a, it's more like a drama what than a, a great science fiction movie. movie.
4: What a fun Saturday night romp.
0: Yeah, so I I guess maybe John Carpenter saw is like, "Well, why don't we try to cheer people up a bit?" So, uh, <laughs> why don't we do the
4: exact same movie except make it
0: fun? Yeah, so instead of also Sprock's Arathustra, they decide to put in <laughs> Benson Arizona where <laughs> my It's like it's
4: it's like the the opening theme music for um like a boy and his dog star trek uh enterprise the new one it's been been, 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 been. that one it's like really it's it's a really dumb sounding country song for like no you (laughs) you don't watch star
0: trek do you i saw saw the first season of i don't know how to deal with that
4: information
0: I've never seen next generation. <laughs> what? I, I, I know, everyone keeps going, How do you not know Captain Janeway? And I'm like, I, no, I don't know. No, like Voyager.
4: We're not talking about Voyager.
0: Is there a difference?
4: Oh my god. Well apparently... Yes, Voyager sucks. That's the difference. Well,
1: apparently... And I'm
4: not saying that because Janeway, I'm sure Janeway is a fine captain, but they did it poorly. Deep Space Nine is where it is at.
1: Uh,
0: apparently I
4: After the next generation. Deep Space Nine is where it is at. Cisco.
0: So, so is Darth Maul on Cisco this one? Cisco is
4: my captain. Beyond Picard, of course. What? Are you done? Oh, we're talking about a different. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, go on. back to no.
0: *Battlestar Galactica*. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's which I've never watched either. Oh, uh, wow. One of these days, I'm going to watch a space movie or something or show or what? One no, one don't
4: things? watch any of the Star Trek movies. They're not well. I mean, Wasn't, don't kill me, nerds. No, I'm a, I'm fully aware that there are plenty of TOS ones that are like plenty. I mean, two. Isn't,
0: isn't two the good one? Uh, I don't
4: remember because it it depends upon it depends entirely upon who you talk to because some people will say oh the odd ones are the best and some people for some the reason the odd like, ones are the best I the no, best no 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 I've
0: seen I've seen the odd ones I the don't ones know I don't know which one has oh, the space whales in, right. in it that's
4: all that matters
0: girl right oh, listen up nah. to your hairdresser right here
1: nah
0: Epis- not episode one the first <laughs> <laughs> the first Star Trek movie is balls it is perhaps the most boring thing I've ever which seen in my life is?
1: I can't remember which one that is
0: it's it's just called. Uh, star trek the movie or something like that <laughs> um no
4: i mean i can't remember what happens in it
0: nothing happens in it that's the point
4: which one is the one that has kim Control?
0: Oh uh, fuck me and Freddy. Uh, um uh, i think that's episode three is it I... kim control or is it uh I don't, to talk about dark star? I, I don't remember yeah how yeah
4: but dark but dark star <laughs> is just not as just yeah not well, as let's uh, we it. might as well
0: come it's to just... the stake in the heart here Mm -hmm. Dark Star's not a very great movie. It's not very... I'm not going to remember a whole lot of it. Although it did immediately download the song Benson Arizona on iTunes. (laughs) Because that's... Boy, that's going to be in my head. You know? That's just... Benson Arizona.
4: You know, all the lyrics that you can remember. Yeah.
0: Which is just whatever I just said. Which is just Benson Arizona. Yeah. And... (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so that, that was a good part of the movie, but the most of it, a lot of the comedy is just, like, me kind of, like, looking side, sideways at you, like, are they are they telling a joke? Is this was, funny? Is, there, is this funny? Of, the, a lot of it had us laughing kind of nervously, like, huh, hey, they... Yeah, several, uh, several times they're uh,
4: watching it, like, did, did, yeah, did, did, uh, did the I, video I, freeze? I, I get the joke. Just... I,
0: I, I I can see why it's funny.
4: Several times. Did yeah. the video freeze? Is... Did the file stop working? And the you other need thing to resta- is- I think you need to restart your computer, Chris. Yeah.
0: Now, the other thing is about science fiction, or some people call it SF, uh, because it also. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Go on.
0: Or some people call it speculative fiction. <laughs> are, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. You, you want a glass of water? Nope, I'm good. Okay. So SF <laughs> is a great genre for telling stories. Yes. And science fiction mm-hmm. has led us to, uh, you know, a whole bunch of great movies you know, and stuff like that. Uh, this seems <laughs> so you to know, not like the other
4: do... ones that Dark Star is based off of or that have based themselves it, off yeah. of Dark Star.
0: Now, the problem here is that there, this doesn't really tell much of a story this doesn't this barely uses science fiction at all it, it is set in space sure but it's just a series of things that happen when i when I think of uh science fiction I think of well, better than this I think of the thing is a really good one that's science fiction uh alien that's a really good one because oh, there's yeah. a central idea they're trying to tell something here uh for dark star I think what they're trying to tell is uh Look, guys, I made a movie. I didn't have a lot of money, and it made a, its budget back like ten times over. Give me a little bit of money. I'm trying to Look, make Look, this was my Precinct other idea
4: here. for my master's thesis.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. There you go. And just after this, he made Halloween, no mm-hmm. money, and uh, made it all back. Same thing with Assault on Precinct 13 and almost all of his other early movies. It wasn't until I think the thing that he actually had a box office bomb, which is amazing cuz it's probably his best movie.
4: I was going to say isn't the thing actually like good?
0: The thing is probably my favorite horror movie, my favorite science fiction movie. It it is. Mm,
4: that's cute. Have you ever seen it? No.
0: Oh. I know. We got to treat you to it. Yeah,
4: it's fine.
0: I, it's what, what's the matter? You, you don't like scary movies?
4: No, I'm perfectly fine with scary movies. I just haven't there are many, many movies that I have not had the opportunity to see.
0: Oh, This is, this is like, one of the number because one Because I would ones. rather
4: be watching Hard Target for the 10th time.
0: <laughs> First of all, how dare you? First Second of all, all <laughs> you
4: want to talk good sci-fi movies. Hard Target. It did is
0: I not really? in
4: any way a sci-fi movie. Did, did we, he uh, does punch a snake, though, so it's worth watching. We should watch it.
0: Did, 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 wait, did I, did I watch it with you? No, no, I didn't no, watch it. No, you have not watched it with me. No, no, I watched a different jean Van Damme. I think I watched it alone. It was, uh... I mentioned it on the podcast too. All people are going to not believe me that I watched it. Uh, it was the one with um, Adolf Lundgren.
4: Oh, Shit, what's oh, it called? I, I know what you're talking about.
0: It's Ultimate one, Soldier, yeah, or Universal Soldier, Universal Soldier, <laughs> Shit, Universal Soldier.
1: Soldier. Uh,
4: Ultimate Soldier is a competitive reality show, yeah, wherein, wherein I, they take uh, retired retired uh, to the mic. where they take retired <laughs> army vets. Okay. And they pit them against each other in, in uh, horrible, mind-breaking games for the entertainment
0: well, of we're, the masses. I mean, we're just doing this until they make The Running Man into a show. Anyway, yeah. Alex, verdict yes. time. Would you recommend John Carpenter's Dark Star?
4: Oh, man. Um, to a very, very select crowd of people. Uh, I mean, I we haven't even talked. We haven't really talked about the end of the the end of the movie. Yeah, that where third he tries act. to out logic a bomb and almost succeeds.
0: And starts surfing. And in then space, he. Oh yeah, he was like the yeah. Silver he Surfer. surfs in
4: space. He surfs in space to his death, which is.
0: Um. That was, sure is a thing. Yeah, I don't know if that was like a parody of another Kubrick movie, like the end of Doctor Strangelove, where the guy rides a nuclear bomb down, waving his cowboy hat around. Probably.
4: No, I think I. Oh. I, I don't i don't honestly
0: know. yeah yeah the it's, whole thing they're just a, so
4: like the ship blows up and the other two die and then talby and doolittle are just floating in space and they're like oh the ship's gone oh so out. i guess that's that okay bye
0: well it worked out for queen leia Anyway, as to oh, ask, hey Alex, ask me if I would recommend
4: that Dark. Mary Poppins bullshit. You know, for a second I was like, all right, that's that's cool, I guess. And then, like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that's a really dumb time to show off that she actually has some force abilities.
0: That's a dumb way to show it off too. Ask me if I I'm would. I'm like recommend... really
4: fucking annoyed about that. Anyway, yes. Ask you, ask you. If ask you would...
0: me if I would recommend Dark Star.
4: Hey Chris, would you recommend no. Dark Star?
1: Anyway, wow. so
0: the next movie that we're gonna watch, and I don't. Are you, do you want to record about the next one uh, after we're done with it? Oh, probably, you. yeah. Okay, this is already going on a little bit longer than I intended. Uh, we're going to watch I, Tanya in theaters, so uh, we will go watch that, and then we'll come right back. So uh, and, then,
4: and then I'll make a whole bunch of why, why jokes.
0: Okay. See you later, guys. Kisses. We just got back from I, Tanya, and that was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Thank you for sharing that with me. It was, uh, I don't know if that was technically a 2017 or a 2018 movie. I could look it up, i prefer not knowing. Well, and according
4: to IMDb it was released in 2017. There we so.
0: Know. Yeah, it was maybe it was like a film festival or something. Uh I don't know how the Academy's going to classify it, but I don't care what the Academy I thinks. I hope
4: well, I hope the Academy pays attention to it cuz it was pretty great.
0: <laughs> At this point I've lost all respect for the Academy as soon as they started ignoring the Handmaiden. but if they <laughs> did and if hypothetically I cared, Margot Robbie, for me, is the best actress that I've seen in all of 2017. I don't know who could possibly top her. Uh, As far as supporting actress...
4: Alice and Jenny.
0: I can't think of anyone else who would top her.
4: (laughs) Well, no, supporting actress, there are really only two women in that movie. Well, that's a Sorry, Nancy Kerrigan.
0: Boy, she was barely in that, wasn't she? Well, Did she even yeah, get a line really, besides why, why? <laughs>
4: no, it's not really a story about her. Well, that's... that's as which is funny as that is to say yeah. about Tanya Harding, it's yeah. not really a story about Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, th- I would hope that everyone who listens to this is familiar with the story of Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. That's the thing is you cannot mention Tanya Harding without mentioning Nancy Kerrigan. True. Which the movie is not concerned entirely with that. The first half is about, look, she she wasn't just born this way. You Tanya had to, we're speaking about. Yeah, yeah, Tanya. Thank you you know you have to uh, you have to make something like this and ordinarily i hate this sort of thing because a lot of the time they'll do this for like a mass murder they'll say oh he was beaten by his parents and that's why he killed 30 people and burned their bodies like,
4: yeah but there's there's a huge difference there between is
0: a, there is a very big difference here uh <laughs> mostly because they also address it kind of straight up it's like first of all the father leaving her being being oh god personal, that was
4: heartbreaking that
0: that hurt because i because everyone likes that guy you know mm-hmm. he, he looked like he was a nice guy the the abuse she suffered at the hands of her mother yeah we got I, I i'd like to get out in front of this uh um it's not a trigger warning but
4: i'm i would like to say very staunchly anti-abuse
0: you know, I I think we can be the very first podcast to say we are an anti-abuse podcast,
4: anti-parent abuse. So
0: all the other podcasts who are going to come out after this one that are anti-abuse, you know, you owe it to us as leaders. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, rate five stars. <laughs> now, I gotta tell you, I've seen these, uh, I've seen this on uh, other shows and other movies before, and whenever the, the impact, you know, whenever the impact there is, everyone in the audience flinches. Mm-hmm. boy there are a lot of hits in this movie oh yeah and there are none of them feel good
4: they are all they are plentiful and terrible
0: they they are really really bad uh and i i think we both decided that we would really have to address this uh i guess i could let you go first i think you have uh more experience with abuse than i do
4: uh I, i'm i was gonna bring it not more, to be presumptuous or anything because they the the abuse does not uh like like most abuse stories it doesn't just stick to the uh it doesn't just stick to what the parent lays upon the child Mm -hmm. it all it's also the relationships that the uh child engages in as they as they grow and there is really only one relationship in this movie that isn't her with her mother and it's her with Jeff Galooli, <laughs> which is which his is real name, fun. guys. Know, this is this is not a like name. a cartoon. It's a real name. name. I I don't think even in the '90s I would have thought that was a real name, but it's a real name. Yeah. Um. And uh, the abuse is rampant, and it's a, and it's rampant from all sides. It starts off, of course, with Alison Janney being the beautiful, beautiful person that she is, just really beating the shit out of her daughter.
0: Uh, for clarification, Al- Alison Janney plays tanya harding's mother
4: yeah sorry yeah. levon yeah. levana
0: levana which by L- the way
4: <laughs> what a great name uh levana harding.
0: She, she is white i know that can be confusing but uh
4: <laughs> if you have seen a picture of tanya harding you'd be hard-pressed to believe that her mother was anything but white
0: yes this is uh, perhaps the whitest trashiest family that has ever lived um
4: <laughs> well that made it to the olympics yeah that we know of
0: no, i i don't know that i've told this story on on the podcast before but I, I would like to tell this one it's a very serious story um my my brother was really good at wrestling uh, I, I i think i was i think i was really good too but henry was a little bit better when he was younger because we both started at the same time so he he developed very quickly and we sent him to an expert level thing called beltway and uh if anyone knows my dad, they know that he he pushes pretty hard. He wasn't necessarily a disciplinarian, but he was always like, you know, do your push-ups right. If you cheat on them, you're only cheating yourself. Always give, you know, 110%, you know, maximum effort out there. If you don't try, like, I'm not going to be happy with you. But if you try your best, fine, you know? And Henry and I were always like, God, Dad's always writing us. Like, do this, do that. And then we... Then we got Henry into Beltway, and I, I think it took him like a week. He was like, Oh, geez, Dad, I, I'm so glad you're not like those guys. There's a certain type of sports parent, and this is the thing that absolutely breaks my heart when they get their kids in there real young with the intent that I am going to, let call for what it is, live vicariously through the child. I knew uh, Matt Ray growing up. He was one of the ones. His his dad, Scott, always did that with him. And there were a couple kids on Henry's team who I'd prefer not to name, but everyone on that team knew who they were. Um, they, they were ridden so hard by their fathers that they had to make a no-parents rule. And just to show how good my dad was, they broke that rule specifically for my dad. They said, you are allowed to be in here and no other parent. That's how good my dad was. But these other guys... I, I I couldn't I couldn't stand him I couldn't I I was an assistant coach on the Beltway team because I was at high school and I could get extra student service learning hours we needed him to graduate, and I, I was helping out and stuff and there was this kid who I swear Henry okay hold up Henry was twelve years old at the time, and, so this kid was I think a year younger so he would have been ten or eleven and he was very very talented. Very, very talented. And he had to wrestle, believe it or not, the other kid on the team who had a jackass father. Oh, no. um, I'll call them M and S. That's always good. One
4: way or another, somebody's going home with a black eye.
0: Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, M and S were the ones. M was a little bit younger, uh, and S was a little bit better. And the way the Beltway works is it's very serious. They're little kids, and they still have to cut weight. You have to make weight or you do not wrestle. That's fucked up. And it gets worse. You also... There's only one position on the varsity. You have to wrestle off for it. Wrestle-offs occur inside the wrestling room. All your teammates sit around and they sit quietly watching. It's a long story. I'm going somewhere with this. This isn't a long road to a short joke. Um, All the kids have to sit there and be quiet. That way, no one's choosing a side. Because these kids' psyches are already damaged enough. Mm -hmm. And S would always be M. Like, every single time, S would... Always beat M, and the strange thing about it is that M, even though he lost all those wrestle offs, kept wrestling varsity. And, we're like, and I remember asking Henry, "Like, what is going on with that?" And he was like, "I have no idea. I, I, I didn't know that wrestle offs work that way. Otherwise, I wouldn't try so hard in them." <laughs> and I think the reason was the coaches knew that M's father was even more abusive than S's father, oh. and they said if he doesn't get the chance to even go varsity, his dad's really gonna belt him. Here's the thing, S should have been out there, and that's not just me saying, you know, oh, quality of wrestling, S would have won those matches because mm-hmm. M was not winning them. And I remember one time M lost a match, and he lost it something like 6-5. to five. I mean, obviously, one-point match, that's real close, and he was, like, that close a couple times, you know? He, like, really, like, seriously really close, just, like, slipped off a guy. It just, I and the, whenever I see something like that, it's like, it's okay I've been here before I can teach you what to do and I talk to every wrestler after every match so mm-hmm. you're like okay here's what you did well here's what you could work on here's what we're going to do at practice because
1: you're a good coach I,
0: I'd like to think so mm-hmm. anyway he stormed off to the bathroom and I'm like oh it's an emotional case now I have to talk to him I have to give him a reverie
1: ah children and, and emotions
0: you know in the movie I'm sorry this does have something to do with I Tanya you know that moment where the you see the first sign of abuse where uh, she's beating Tanya with a hairbrush yeah. It's essentially what I walked into in uh, the bathroom. Just saw uh, M's dad just belting this kid. And I, I was I was so shocked. I was, I was 13 years old. And oh, yeah. I, what do you even do? I couldn't think of anything. To, I was frozen solid. I, every single time I think back on this, the first thing I want to do is I want to throttle that, that dad because I know I could have. And because that guy never wrestled a day in his life and mm-hmm. here he is yelling at his son for not doing well enough. I could have put that guy's face through a wall and I was angry enough to do it. But I was just I was like shell shocked. It's its like walking in on two people having sex. You're just, Oh, my God. What? What? What's going to yeah, You know, yeah. I was just shocked out of my mind. And then I went back in there later, like, oh, God, I hope they're gone. I had to be. And <laughs> uh, it was worse. Michael was sitting on the toilet in the stall with the door locked and his dad was just laying out the worst emotional verbal abuse i had ever heard and i I mean i walked out of there in tears i i was like oh my god i didn't i didn't know that fathers treated their kids that way and that's the thing it's like after that i was like i i I don't even know if i could even criticize my dad anymore just anything that he said i mean he would get on me for not taking out the trash was like hell it could be a hell of a lot worse you know, yeah. and I—I I know that. I mean, it was—it was a wake-up call, and I should have known. I, I really should have known. I mean, it, that stuff happens every day. It happens in every country in the world, but that—that that was the one that just woke me up. Was like, oh my god! And the thing is, I kept seeing it. I kept seeing stuff. Not quite that bad. That was the worst I'd ever seen, but that's basically what happens in Itania. Is you see stuff like that and. I gotta tell you, for much of it, there's a long stretch towards the beginning where it's happening, where she's just getting built yeah. There's everybody. there's
4: a lot there's that a lot of hard beginning. to watch sometimes. It's, it's difficult, especially when especially when it's a mother, because if it's a if if it's a father, the anger and the outward expression of said anger is more.
1: Um, and you get? I can't believe this fucking
4: podcast is getting all SJW on me. Um, the outward right, ahead, expression yeah. of the outward expression of of anger with fathers is more societally acceptable than it is with mothers mm-hmm. but at the same time there's a lot of willingness to kind of shove it under the rug if it's a mother because nobody thinks that mothers could possibly do that to their kids especially their daughters well, it happens. um well clearly mm. uh so my point from earlier is that that sort of thing definitely um will travel uh and turn the turn the kid into someone who Believes that abuse is really the only way to show affection or, you know, to, to show that you actually care about somebody. Which is, it, it comes, it, it's a point later on in the movie because um, Jeff and Tanya are talking basically opposite each other saying that, oh, I never hit her, I never hit him. And it's very, it's very clear. It's, the story's told really well because they're both unreliable narrators. And I I like stories of unreliable narrators because you can basically be like, well, it's clearly just the worst of both stories. That's what happened. Um, And they each say, oh, I never, I never, I never hit her. I never punched her. And he's saying, oh, I, or um, she's saying, oh, I never, I never hit him back. I never fired a shotgun at him, which I wouldn't be surprised if she did. I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't. Like, either way, that's. I'm perfectly willing to believe that it Mm -hmm. happened.
0: I think what that whole scene was of them beating each other was less... This is just the way I interpret it. I think it's less of an illustration of what her life was actually like and more of an illustration of exactly how they feel about each other and how they are. their memories of each other are so bad that they're just going to describe each other the way, oh, he, she was so abusive to me and I could never possibly like him. That being said, I absolutely believe that um, they hit each other I yeah that was
1: the
4: the fact that the fact that they're talking candidly to each other about the about um Tanya's makeup not properly covering the shiner that clearly yeah happened that was the that was before, a that was a good one yeah um that that's the sort of thing that like everybody knew about and what do you even say but also you know it was, it was the early 90s so not it wasn't it wasn't something that a lot of people were going to talk about in the first place because it's you know spousal abuse oh no that's what that the whole marital rape thing became illegal in what 1990 something mm-hmm. i don't want to say 94 because we've been pretty we've been pretty big on on 1994 specifically but
0: hard target it, yeah
4: <laughs> hard <Sorry>. target <laughs> He punches a snake. Anyway. Um instead
0: of Tony Harding.
4: It's oh man.
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> um anyway, that that sort of thing is it's not something that anybody would have that anybody would have attempted to stop when when this was going on. So uh, but at the same time it doesn't make it, you know, it doesn't make it very easy to watch. Um and, uh, and, yeah, it's the kind of thing where, like, they, they showed they showed videos afterward of just, like, short, um, short news interviews that taken from, like, you know, the, the nightly news or whatever, and one of them is Jeff leaning over Tanya to speak to reporters, and Tanya's just looking at the camera, and you can see her shooting glances at Jeff that it would take something of a trained eye to notice, but those who have trained eyes can see it immediately that this dude is kicking her ass on a regular basis mm-hmm. um whether or not she believes she deserves it is completely irrelevant
0: now this is one of the ones where I, you know i get this question all the time and this is one where as soon as you hear the question <clears throat> sorry I, I don't mean to presume here but I, I'm going to presume right away that as soon as you hear this question, this is a one where you roll your eyes and you groan and be like, how many times do I have to explain it? Because hmm. uh, that's basically the same thing I do. Are you Pe- asking me? Yeah. Uh, oh. people, are, people will ask upon seeing this movie, why didn't she leave him after the first hit? It's one of the ones where it's never that easy. No. It is never, ever that easy. No, that simple, that, that cut easy. and try. For two reasons. One, there's a lot of emotional stuff going on. And two... Every woman reacts differently. She you can't was, just put everything on the same basket it's, here.
4: it's not even like why didn't she leave? She was born into it. Exactly. She didn't she really didn't know any better. Her her mother her mother beat her father. Like there's nothing there's there's no point in her relationship with her mother or her entire childhood that tells her that what's going on with Jeff is bad and something that should be avoided. She goes she she makes a point of this in the movie to say that she never knew any better, that that abuse was how people showed love. And for, for children who came from abusive families, that's true. Seeing people, um, seeing families interact with each other in a way that isn't abusive is, to an abusive child, just like watching a fucking fairy tale happen in, just play out in real life. It's not something that, makes any sense and it's definitely not something that abused children would ever expect um to have for themselves
0: now this is one of the things the movie does well is really portraying a lot of the explanations behind these things and saying this probably happened because of this and it kind of answers a lot of uh, audience questions here uh now, there are not many nits to pick. Um,
4: no, they're really... In, in, in terms fact, of the like, ones that we
0: mentioned, we, we walked out of here, we are trying to find a flaw in the movie. Yeah. The two we mentioned, I, I honestly think are hardly worth mentioning. There was one about you. these are the faces on... Yeah, there's... Of, it's, 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 it's hardly worth mentioning. No, I mean, it, you, you brought, really it, up. It, you brought it up. You brought it up. Alright, if you want to, go for I it. I
4: mean, so we're in the middle of... they. they so for the um, actual figure skating performances, they clearly have a body double do the, do the, the routines, you know, they learn the routines, they have them, they have them do it in front of a camera, and then they superimpose Margot Robbie's face over whoever it is that is performing. And the, uh, Post did a fantastic job, because it's very, very difficult to pick it out, but, like, there are, you know, the occasional moments where you're like, eh, you can kind of tell that her face is a little, like, pasted on, but... It's it's almost imperceptible.
0: Now that being said, Margot Robbie, I have to say, I already said, it, I think she deserves the Oscar. I think she just did an incredible job.
4: She's a chameleon. And, yeah, it's insane. It's,
0: yeah, that's that's what really gets me is that this is a role that really and this is going to sound weird, really uglified her. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie, I, I don't need to tell anyone, is already a gorgeous creature. Yes. Uh, but in this one, I'm not saying that Tony Harding was an ugly human being. She certainly was not. No, but, but
4: she's not She's not it, Margot Robbie supermodel level.
0: Yeah, she wasn't even close. So all the no. scenes where she's like out on her own, uh, she obviously does not look great. And mm-hmm. for, for Margot Robbie to do something like that, I think that must have been like, pretty difficult. And what's more, this most difficult thing for her, I think, to do was the accent. Uh, (laughs) Margot Robbie I believe is uh, either English or Australian. Uh, She's one of those. So, first of all, doing an American accent is not as easy as it seems. A lot of people actually struggle with it.
4: Really? You're telling me that someone with a name like Margot isn't American?
0: Yes. Anyway. (laughs) uh, But to do that Margot... Sorry, to do that Tanya Harding accent, which, by the way, I've listened to Tanya Harding speak before... She nailed it. Yeah. That was, to me, voices is a big thing. That's how I recognize people. (laughs) Boy, she knocked it out of the park. She did a great job. Now, I will say this. We encountered some difficulty in agreements in this movie. We did. The one thing we simply could not agree on was who the best character was. I'm not going to about it. Well we're talking I'm we're right. talking
4: aside we're talking aside from like the main th- the big three.
0: Oh I don't right? even think I could do that. I really? think that Sean is easily the best part of the entire movie. No. Oh yeah Sean who could possibly be better?
4: The bird.
1: I gotta go with Tanya Sean. Tanya Harding's
4: Look. mother has a bird. And this bird is like in her face, in her ear, the whole time that she's, given a, she's giving her, her interview. I
0: <laughs> just remember. It's like, in her ear.
4: I just remember. It's picking the- at her, it's picking at her earrings. It's picking at her oxygen mask. Or her oxygen, the nose thing. Well, my part, part of like, the story it's is falling apart fast as shit.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 That's why I love Alice and She's She does a great brilliant. job. Oh my God. Now, you
0: know, the the most important part about that fucking bird is I, I thought I would have had a knockdown case. I thought I was going to floor you. I thought I was going to. I mean, Sean's admittedly,
4: so Sean, now, is, Sean is great. Sean, Sean, Sean is Sean is, is, very, very, very good. Sean is incredible. But Sean is very good. What
0: makes the bird for me is, like we said, at the very end of the movie, this is why you stick around for at least the first part of the credits, is they play real life clips and be like, no, really, he actually said that or yeah. no really she actually looked like that or stuff like that
4: no really she, she really actually had a, had a bird. bird
0: that bird sat right there on her shoulder yeah and would, would and just pick picked her at her face her, <laughs> her. while she's trying to talk to people just be like <laughs> she would look at you. you won't do it It'd be like no you don't understand lady that that bird has a brain the size of a chickpea it's mm-hmm. not going to listen to your <laughs> threats and understand them but yeah yeah for you, no, first I of do. All, I
4: do have to admit. I do have to admit that Sean doing the whole "I have a background in counterterrorism" first like, of that's all, pretty good.
0: Shame on you. Blue lives matter. And Sean is clearly one of our nation's heroes, uh, and every single time people like you kneel for the national anthem, oh you are disrespecting counterterrorists Bitch. such as Sean.
4: <laughs> I don't even stand for the national anthem. You shut right
0: the hell that's, up. Oh wait, I said kneel. You, you people like you kneel for the national anthem, yeah, but people like way.
4: me sit down.
0: <laughs> uh, people like you don't go to sporting events. Yes, but anyway. I do. Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, so Sean... I would
4: have gone with you if you hadn't have been sick.
0: Well, let's not bring up that Redskins disaster. Boy, I was sick. <laughs> I was I was sick. I sat in this very room. I turned off the lights and pulled the covers over my head. Didn't even think about movies that day. That's how dark it was. Mm-hmm. And but boy, I gotta tell you, Sean, I don't know that actor's name. People see this movie yeah. just for Sean.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my. God. And then see it a
4: second time just for the bird.
0: Oh. Yes. You yes. know what? I, that that bird is worth the price of admission. Now the thing yeah. about the bird is the bird's barely in the movie. The bird doesn't get a hold. Oh, get a I whole don't line, fucking it care. It really hurts. That, but, that
4: bird gets a full makes, five minutes of screen time and makes, that's all that matters. He makes
0: every second of that five minutes worth it, yes. too. So... Totally worth it. Yeah. But Sean, really oh my, good. that's the thing about Sean. You know, Sean, th- this is one of the things that the movie is walking a very tight rope about and does a spectacular job is it kind of bisects genres. Most of all, this is, in my opinion, a tragedy. Uh, Tanya Harding's life, this is yeah. It's like, yeah, well, I pick myself up. I have a roofing business now, but... Overall, her life from start to finish, uh, or start to continue, she's not dead. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> she's not dead. Yeah, is a tragedy. This yeah. is a very very sad story, uh, and it, I'll, I'll make that clear a little bit later on. Uh, and that's not that's the, not to the,
4: say that's not to say for one second that what happened to Nancy Kerrigan is to be discounted because it isn't. Um, that's just not the. That's that's not the um, the main piece of this story, and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of a thing. It's again, it was a thing that was addressed in the movie. Um, nobody ever really thought about Tanya Harding differently after
0: the incident, which everyone calls it the incident. Yeah, I thought
4: I, know, that, I, I thought it they incident. could have done
0: that maybe a little bit better, but it wasn't bad, so I can't criticize it. Yeah. Uh, now the one thing that the other I, I don't know genre, but maybe the way that the movie is colored. Uh, this is also I wouldn't say a comedy, but a farce. This is I maybe that's the closest way I could possibly describe it because there are parts of this movie that are hysterical. Oh yeah. It, it is and it oh, is definitely played for laughs sometimes. The yeah. stuff with the the hitting, I obviously that's not funny. It's never no, funny. The... And if anyone in your theater laughs when when someone gets hit, belt them. But
1: Yeah. This... They they
4: played they played the, there's there's a scene in the trailer, so I'm not really spoiling anything for you. There's a scene in the trailer where a uh, very young Tanya Harding is sitting at the table with her mother, and her mother, for whatever reason, decides that it's totally appropriate to just kick the chair over, and it's kind of played for laughs in the trailer, and then you see it actually happen. You're like, how? It's, it's, it's not funny. Oh.
0: Not funny at all. Oh, boy. Not funny. Yeah. Uh, i Let's not, let's not give away the ultimate resolution of that scene. But
4: uh What the part where the guy clubs the lady in the knee? Oh no, no that not. happens. <laughs> I know that was Whoa, the joke. Guys,
0: hold up, guys. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers for the end of Passion of the Christ. Jesus comes back. <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> look at that waveform. <laughs>
0: now uh <laughs> Sorry. yes, indeed, for both of you in the world who do not know, uh, Nancy Kerrigan got hobbled like in. Uh, no, misery. not like
4: in misery. That's not. No. Well, That's not like. making a joke. No. Oh, thanks. I'm not, a lot. I'm not, willing, I'm not willing to conflate the two
0: funny because, anyway because uh, a dude
4: just a dude went up now, and just and just clocked her in the knee now they, they obviously
0: icon. show that in the movie because yeah. as, as, because hey as donnie harding says that's this is what you all came for yeah that's the entire yeah, you better believe it
4: yeah that's the entire starting point of the story
0: yeah well anyway when they show it this is honestly the way that it's filmed to me is spectacular the music mm-hmm. is really good yeah but the acting by the guy Derek. Derek is the one who uh, clubs Nancy Kerrigan in the leg. Boy, he does a really good job because what they do is they film it from his perspective. Everyone mm-hmm. else would have filmed it from Nancy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Pure, innocent, virgin Nancy Kerrigan out there. She walks off. I don't know if she was virgin. I'm making assumptions. And, uh, <laughs> well, and then all of a sudden, a an unknown figure out of nowhere, right in the back of the knee. Yeah. Now, that's fine, whatever. Everyone's already imagined it from that perspective. But they haven't imagined the perspective from the guy who actually did it. And you can't imagine it from uh, Tony Harding's perspective or Jeff Galilee's because they were both asleep, so it it doesn't really work. Yeah, they weren't even
4: in the same state.
0: Now, you think about the guy who did it, and everyone thinks, oh, some sort of, like, mom guy, big, strong, and quiet. This guy, the best thing that the movie does is portray how nervous he is. Oh, yeah. And, boy, that's the thing is, obviously he's not a good person. Obviously he is not someone you want to relate to. But put yourself in his shoes. As I'm watching this scene, I'm about as nervous as he is. I'm not saying I want him to get away with it. I, I Obviously, he doesn't in the end. I mean, I know how the story goes. But... When he's out there and he finds the door is locked, your heart starts beating as fast as his yeah, does. Like, and, oh, no. and he's just looking around, being like, oh, oh God, where's the John? You do? know, just, okay, all right. No one will see my eyes. And at first he does bumps right someone and someone locks eyes with him. Yeah, and that's <laughs> pretty brilliant. Don't uh, let him see your eyes. Yeah, it's, uh, which one's Kerrigan? It's just, like, very obvious what's going on. I will not give away how that scene is resolved. Because, boy, none of you are going to see this one coming. Oh, it's so that worth it, is, though. That is...
4: It might be I, worth it just to tell people so no, that no, no, see no. the movie. I, I,
0: mm, 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 no, 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 really no, 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 guys, you have to see this, you have, you have to see this. It's really, really it good. It is, like, knock down, drag out, the funniest thing I have seen in a very long time in a movie, because as soon as it happens, it, it is such a tension relief, it's yeah. like, obviously it's still it's, a tense situation, it's a br- where you're, it's as just as it happens, you're like, I'm You might to even
4: say that you. the tension shatters.
0: Don't, okay, that's as much <laughs> as we'll do, that is as much as we'll do, uh-huh. however, uh, He's Derek is barely in the movie gets like maybe yeah, three like lines. Yeah, Sean is the real funny man here, mm-hmm. and boy, he is funny. Like, yeah,
4: admittedly he's very very good as a tertiary character.
0: Extremely good. Yes, he is. He is one of the ones where whatever gets back is like oh yes this fucking guy again. Yeah, like, and oh, I think okay. I, I think I whispered over to you early on is like I'm this guy. This this is me. <laughs> I I'm in this movie. Uh, I didn't tell you, but uh, the residuals are coming in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the thing about him is that. Uh, so much of what he says, like again, I, I want to use the word farce because it is so completely almost unbelievable. They're saying this stuff, and then, God is my witness, they show an interview clip with him at the end saying that he actually has training in yeah. overseas terrorism, like prevention, shit like that. Yeah. It's like. Good news, gravy. This guy lives with his mom. He, yeah. He's wearing that bibby at my favorite Chinese place.
4: He meets the category, he meets the uh, criteria for morbidly obese.
0: Yeah, he, this uh, unbelievable. Who's this guy a bodyguard for?
4: Who's uh, this Tanya guy? Tanya Harding!
0: How does that guy, well that's the thing, now this, this actually brings up something. You'd think that Oh, you'd think an Olympic skater would have a better bodyguard than doofus over here, but... Uh,
4: as it turns out, no.
0: As it turns out, being an Olympic medalist is nowhere near as profitable as one might imagine.
4: Yeah, a lot. I think it's a lot of people want to think that, you know, or they give you a gold medal, you get to be on television, you get to travel to all these countries, you get to do what you love and do it basically professionally, and so somebody's paying you, right?
0: unfortunately it's not the way that worked no. I, I was dissuaded from my dreams of being an olympic wrestler early by my dad simply on the basis of like yeah but they're not going to pay you you okay. know you might as well join the wwe and just go do vaudeville because it's basically going to pay you a whole lot more than you would ever get on an olympic wrestling match. you probably and like,
4: would have been a good face
0: i would be a baby face yes no you no know?
4: i meant as a face and like a good guy you probably would be a good a good guy well i'd be a baby you face. could do or or you could uh, do the announcements
0: I, I you'd certainly could. Well, that's the thing is, I, as soon as JR. T- oh, sorry, we're getting to so <laughs> this is this is Parker's wheelhouse, and we do not have the key. So. I I think he'd
4: agree with me, Parker.
0: <laughs> well, Parker, when you listen in, you can weigh in on whether uh, I would be either a good face or a good announcer. Personally, I'm kind of you know mm. I could do either one. I
4: don't think you'd be a very good heel. Just saying. I
0: don't, I don't think I could pull off a no. heel. No, people love rooting for me. I'm yes. I'm beautiful, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> the he uh, did have
4: kind of a John Cena look going on. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, I was really going for more of a Stone Cold. You can see the resemblance hair. Again, I Tanya is also a good movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, are are we missing anything? Does any, did anything else jump out that you, that you think is uh, worth mentioning here?
4: Uh, I'm sure once you turn off the once once you turn off the mic, I'm as, sure as, I'll as, come up with as soon as you get in your car, as
0: soon as you know, turn okay, the ignition, just, you're going to be like, oh shit! Yeah. You know? Ah, fuck! I should have talked about it. Yeah. yeah.
4: Um, I really, really loved that her. Uh, that her longtime figure skating coach, her face was just all freckles.
0: Yeah, love. The, the movie did a really yeah. good job of aging people. Yes, you know that
1: which is not easy good to do. Job. Yeah, yes. they, they did a very, very good job. very
4: convincing. Yeah, like like you could tell like Margot Robbie already had a ton of shit going on on her face just oh, to yeah. turn her into Tanya Harding with mm-hmm. all of the with the um the the uh, bags under her eyes and the permanent like three week, uh, three week race, racing stripe in her hair. Mm-hmm. But um, then they aged her. They they aged her again, so to make her look you know forties ish, but also still Harding. And it's it's so brilliant.
0: It's uh, <laughs> this is one of the movies where I'm gonna have to revisit this. I I'm gonna have to get this on Blu-ray or something. I'm I'm gonna watch this one again because. Even for all like the hits and stuff that make it a little bit tough to watch. I've seen a lot worse. Actually, you know what I think is the best comparison I have ever heard for this movie? Hmm. They People have told me... Sorry, let me try that again. People <laughs> have told me that it's the, uh, the Goodfellas of figure skating.
4: Yeah, yeah, that was on the poster.
0: Boy, I gotta tell you, and it's not just the whole Martin Scorsese... And then I talk to the camera because they do that a lot. They do yeah, that. Yeah, and it's that it's only effective. ever happens once in Goodfellas. It's
4: quite effective. <laughs> it,
0: it works very, very well. Yeah. It it makes it so it's it's good for immersion. I think.
4: Yeah, I do. I do like those moments where they choose to remind you, by the way, this is a memory, by having the actual memory turn to the camera, break the fourth wall, and talk to the. audience. I
0: think the best part is like when Tony Harding is pointing a shotgun at this guy and turns the camera, and says, "Okay, this never happened." F- fantastic. That and, is, then she, that is and then she. And then she. Then she cocks the shit cocks out. Of
4: it. The, and then she cocks the gun. Yeah,
0: I, I gotta tell you, as soon as that happened, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this
4: never happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm um, again, I'm telling you, that is great. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty. Brilliant. Now you know what we haven't talked about. I mean, this is weird. Oh, by even... the
4: way, I want to mention Sebastian Stan did a very good job as Jeff Galuli. It's just that he's been completely overshadowed by the two brilliant women that are in this movie. Yeah,
0: you know what? That's actually a really good point because Jeff Galuli. I mean, sorry, Sebastian Stan. He really is. Excellent because yeah. one of the lines that really got to me—I mean, it really, really affected me—is when uh, Marco Robbie, this is as aged uh, uh, Tanya Harding says, "Jeff can talk his way out of anything. He mm-hmm. can make you believe anything. Mm-hmm. Never talk to him
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I've heard that about a whole lot of people. And whenever someone yeah. says that, you almost always believe him. Yeah, and." That's one of the things that Sebastian Sands does so well in here is that you really do feel like he's a person who, he's a a bullshitter. He is someone who, if he's caught in a situation, he'll bullshit his way into a good situation out of a bad one, you know? Mm -hmm. I I mean, there is a reason he kept getting back with her. He kept, it's not just he was a good talker. He was good at emotionally manipulating her. Yeah. And that's everything that my research has led me to believe is like, oh yeah, definitely true. And
4: that's for one, I don't think... um, Tanya's Tanya's mother was a very good emotional manipulator. Uh, um, yeah but she I mean she she kind of did she kind of made it easy mode for herself by constantly calling her kid a piece of shit and like never never actually giving her any kind of any kind of credit. Um, which means that Tanya, for all of her ability to um, to swing her to swing her fist and to cock a shotgun, has absolutely no defense against people who are emotional manipulators. So someone like Jeff Galluli is gonna be able to get away with it with without really trying very hard. She's basically easy mode for people who like to fuck with other people's heads.
0: Now, one of the things that really gets me here is, you. I mean, you talk about the mother and how she's an emotional manipulator. I think one of the key lines that she kept repeating it throughout the movie is that I made you. How yeah. did she make her? She worked 12 hour shifts as a waitress, which I will admit, not easy being on your feet that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she paid for all of her lessons. Honestly, that is almost nothing because that yeah. it, to me and again it's not just me being a great coach or whatever but like a, a parent's support and help in that is extremely important and once you become a parent of a really good athlete you start to learn a lot more about the sport not just because you want them to succeed but also because you're around it for so long that's one of the things that Tony Harding's mother never actually did mm-hmm. she didn't understand the sport anywhere near as well as anyone else the most the, the movie illustrated this really well when they when they were having everyone describe the triple axel and she was talking about somehow hurl yourself three feet in the air and do it three times i don't know how you do that shit yeah and everyone else is like well you're going on the front yeah road, her, her right coach is here.
4: describing it move by move and yeah. her mother is just yeah, like, like all right you just throw yourself, yourself in the, in the air,
0: air. i don't know how you do that shit yeah but seeing all this uh i was like you know even the abusive fathers at, at uh wrestling i was like even they knew wrestling better than that that's one of the things that my dad I, I, again he was one of the ones where I'm not saying we were Olympic-class athletes, but Henry and I were pretty good, and uh, even my dad had very little familiarity with the sport. He would, he would then learn it, both through osmosis and both because he wanted us to succeed, and he would help us out that way. Like, in wrestling, he would give us uh, advice, and it was very helpful, and mm-hmm. the other one is he didn't know anything about lacrosse, but as soon as Henry and I said, oh, we'd like to play that instead of baseball, his favorite sport. He said, "Okay, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it all the way and you know, really try your best." And he researched lacrosse. He wanted us to like, "Okay, this is how we we really string your stick just right." And he helped us out every single day with those Yeah, I
4: actually that's kind of that's kind of interesting now that you say that because Harding's mother is present for every practice. She's present for every um small competition and every and an almost alcoholic. every major competition except for um, except for, like, the Olympics, which, you know, you probably need several pieces of security just to get into. Um, so she's present for all of these things, and yet she has only a very basic understanding of what her daughter is trying to accomplish.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, she just knows that her daughter could become big.
4: And yeah. she's... The she, movie she just never... knows, like, make it, make it look prettier, make it look more this and that.
0: Now, interesting thing here is you never ever in the entire movie get the sense that her mother wants her to become big so she can get the the endorsement money which yeah. a a lot of parents would do and b every movie would have gone that angle the fact that they never bring this up makes yeah. me think that it was never actually an issue i bet the mother never wanted that i think all the mother actually wanted to do was abuse her daughter i don't i don't think, that, I don't I think, think she thought, i don't think she ever thought
4: i don't think she ever thought that, I mean, they were both. very on. poor. Yeah. I I don't think that that she ever thought that Tanya would get that far. Actually, now that now that you say that, um, I kind of see something about it. Um, I, I something like that. Like I I have I have the feeling that there are very few people in the world who are just who are that who are that monstrous that they I want to get my child to do this so that I can torture them when they fail at it. I think I honestly think that she wanted. She wanted her to succeed, but all she ever saw was the failure. So it wasn't so much, haha, look at you, you suck and you're terrible. It was, I paid for all of these lessons. I did all of this for you. I sacrificed so much of my life for you. I did, I, I did all of this. Why aren't you better? And this is, um, it's something that happens, especially with kids that get very good grades. Uh, the second they come back with a B the The parent doesn't know, I don't want to say doesn't know how to deal with it, but they just don't, they don't want to see that their, they don't want to see that their kid is like fallible. They don't ever want their kid to make a mistake. But instead of being like, it's okay, you'll do better next time. Or, you know, you let me, let me help you study or let me be involved in your life. Her response is just to say you're a piece of shit. Because that's in her mind. What motivated Tanya enough to do better? Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, from personal experience, that's not really the way that you want to motivate your kid. Because uh, <laughs> it's it doesn't work out. It just makes it just ends up making them feel like shit and making them hate you. And then you never they end up never speaking to you again once they can finally get away from you.
0: Now. Uh... One of the things, and I'm going to be closing this out somewhat soon. We're, we're running very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm debating whether to split this up into its own like episode or something.
4: It <laughs> might be worth it. Yeah,
0: maybe. I'll, I'll consult with Parker. Uh, is that the movie, a lot of movies, the ones I especially like, have a thesis. And I think this movie's main thesis here is that Tanya Harding is telling the truth. This is not an easy thing to convince an audience member of, because as we saw with the previous stuff in Alamo Drafthouse, Tanya Harding was for much of her public life a, a butt of jokes. And, yeah. and not just after the Nancy Kerrigan thing. She was a butt of jokes before that because a whole lot of this was uh the uh the judges didn't think she fit in. Yeah, uh, like she was I mean, stuff.
4: she she was never she was never pretty, she was never polished, she was never hair completely pulled back in a in a perfectly fitting um in a perfectly fitting leotard, and she was never um, she was never posh. It it wasn't it wasn't the sort of thing that you would expect to see from figure skaters. You you always assume that they're you know very well put together and that they are they always like look pretty and you it just it's an assumption that it's a, a rich people thing. And I mean honestly, it probably mostly is a rich people thing. It's probably very difficult for for children who are lower income to be able to get good at something. Get good. Get good yeah. at something like uh, like figure skating. Um, so for, for Tanya to come forward to be really, really good at it and to still maintain that kind of down-home country girl look and mentality is probably not something that the judges want to see, which is why they gave her very high scores for her technical stuff. But when it came to... How she looked and what she was wearing, and how she and 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 her comportment, I guess. Uh, they weren't quite so into it.
0: Now, one of the things the movie does well is, I, I keep saying this, but the movie does a million <laughs> scenes Yeah, the really movie well. does almost everything well. There was a moment towards the end, I think the entire third act, I really had to use the bathroom, but I didn't want to get up, I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. Even mm-hmm. if I had asked you, oh, what did I miss? I, no. I, I, I didn't want to miss anything. I, what so I well. miss?
4: You'd miss me telling you, shut up and sit down. No,
1: exactly. shut up and yeah. sit down.
0: Yeah, so I think one of the ones where she was like, afterwards with... Uh, when she was on top of the world, I mean, it feels great. that spotlight. One of the other yeah. things that the movie does really well is emphasizing, and this is something I, I kind of came to my own conclusion upon doing research, is she was one of the ones who really, really liked the spotlight. You even though she, she would deny it a couple times, but... Boy, she loved that spotlight. She oh, yeah. really liked being the center of attention. It was her shit. Yeah. And as soon as it was gone, it really hurt. And it hurt almost as much as being the butt of all those jokes, being on Letterman. And all these people seeming to think that she actually swung the baton at Nancy Kerrigan's legs, which is absurd. Yeah, and that she did. That she, she did said all to, this herself. She says to the audience, it hurt as much as being hit by all of you. You are all my attackers. And... I have to admit, I'm on her side. I I really think that she has a very strong case to make. I was brought up like every other kid in America to think that, oh, Tanya Harding is what happens when you try too hard at sports and you care too much about about a game and all this other stuff that you hear. And the movie does a very good job of stating its central thesis, which is Tanya Harding's telling the truth. That's Mm -hmm. not easy to do. I'm reminded of the Wolf book with Steve Bannon, and he's not a credible source, and I keep telling people, don't buy it. It's a work of fiction, but... And even it's though, not
4: entirely a work of It's not entirely, the but
0: there is so. I mean, I'm I mean, just yes, not it's, not, it's, not a, it's, it it's
4: not. a. It's it's not a hundred. It's not a hundred percent. But there are portions of it that are basically directly lifted conversations. But
0: there's. I mean, it, basically the same thing applies to Tanya Harding. Well, is yes, that, it's yeah, truth. That's, that's it's, why. That's why ta- this movie works so well.
4: I think. I think what you're looking for here is. It's Tanya Harding's truth. It's it is it's the truth as told by someone who is, as I said previously, an unreliable narrator. I, I think up to I, a point. I, I don't because know because that obviously, that's what I'm going for. obviously most of obviously most of what she experienced is true, and there's some parts of it that are that are colored by her experiences or her feelings in the moment because that's how humans work. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to I'm willing to believe that for the most part this movie is this this movie is true and what happened is what happened
0: now obviously i think some portions are over dramatized but i think that's kind of the point yeah. you know a couple times and the movie does it really well the thing is you have to like you have to take these stories of things in bits and pieces obviously you wouldn't want to tell a story like dunkirk like this but mm-hmm. this is one of the ones where the over dramatization helps uh, okay final thing here mm-hmm. would you recommend i tanya to our audience
4: 100 percent.
0: yes now i would i think it's the second best movie that i've ever seen about figure skating
4: and the f- first one well i swear to god if you say that will ferrell movie
0: yeah blades of glory ladies ah, and gentlemen damn, and we'll see you next it's... week Ladies and gentlemen, we just watched a movie called The Jewist, and... Oh,
1: wait, sorry, let me
0: try it again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Swinging Pete's ga- Oh, wait, again. Okay, one more time, okay? One, two... Sorry, I'll, 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 we're gonna have to do the clap again. I don't even know why I did that.
3: Leave all of it, I loved it. The Jewist, Swinging Pizza. Ah, Oh, fuck. I'll put it explain it, just fucking move past it. All right.